Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have an appreciation for Tony who could do his thing now without his note. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we take turns selecting movies from our genre that people think are unappreciated but he didn't have his note out yeah <laughs> this, this is this is is this the, the birthday month yes this is okay so yeah pick. so no we're not doing that now is, <laughs> I can remember which one's month because it's her birthday is this the right song okay, no that's the right one <laughs> no so it's Elaine's birthday pick for her birthday month she's going first kicking it off I'm trying to see if I can find. It's my birthday. Afterwards, each of us will pick a movie that we think she would like. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I have chosen for my birthday month. This was very difficult for me because the <laughs> movies I like are not ne- are not good movies? Question mark. Most movies that I like, I could just do whenever I fucking feel like it. It's very hard for me to find a movie that I want to talk about that does not actually qualify for our podcast. Because I don't, I the, the, kind of movies, <laughs> I, the kind of movies I really like are n- not usually critically cra- acclaimed or the audience thinks they're dumb. It's not, like, it's hard for me to find a, a movie that's, you know, really doesn't qualify one way or the other that I want to talk about. Is that what you hate? Yeah. yeah, that's not it. All I know I is know. I look over at your phone and it says Devil's Anus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Is I thought it was Sakar Chase, but it wasn't that one either. Sorry. Um, mm. Anyways, uh, so I chose 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a movie I've wanted to do for a while, but I can't. doesn't qualify. Mm. So I'm picking it for my birthday. Because it made all the money. Yes, it did. Well, and won lots of awards, including three Oscars. So uh, this is a mystery film noir comedy from 1988. So it's a horror thriller. It has a 7.7 <laughs> out of 10 with a... Metacritic score of 83. Wow. And a 97... I know they went up that high. <laughs> this is crazy, too. A 97% thermometer with an 85 audience score. I can see that. Mm-hmm. It had a budget of $70 million. I think this might be the highest thermometer movie I have ever picked. It had a $70 million budget. No, I, I picked Terminator In the U.S., it made $156 million, <laughs> and worldwide, it made $329 million mm-hmm. in 1988. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big. Yeah. That's a lot. It won three Oscars for film editing, sound editing, and visual effects. Plus some technical Oscars, and it won all kinds of other, you know, awards. BAFTAs and Saturn Awards and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Oh, what else has he done? Uh, welcome back to the podcast. He directed Death Becomes Her. Uh, he yeah. also directed Polar Express, which I thought was interesting because that was an this is was is considered an, a great achievement in animation, mm-hmm. and Polar Express was kind of considered one of those um, computer animate like revolutionary for a computer am- animation. Yes. He also did Castaway, Forrest Gump, a future episode possibly romancing the stone, and and Back to the Future one, two, and three. Thank you. <laughs> So it was written by Jeffrey Price and Peter Seaman. You, you know that movie starring uh, Eric, Eric Smoltz Stoltz. No. Uh, Smoltz. 
Anyways, went and saw the Flash with him. That was the thing. You don't spoil it for Tony. Yeah, that's going to spoil it. I already heard it. It's like, huh. Okay. I had to manage to avoid all spoilers for The Flash, including the end reveal of Batman. No, I didn't. I I, I, knew I, I watched a couple of them. Reviews and they were like, hey, "It's crazy when such." I was like, "Whoa, man, this is a spoiler review. You didn't say that." <laughs> well, it's too late I now. Really want to see Michael J. Fox and Footloose and Kevin Bacon in Top Gun. Yeah. Kevin Bacon would have been fantastic in Top Gun. Firm stance. All right, as so, as Maverick. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Think of because those are those are the movies they talk. But about. then we got to change Goose. Who's who? who, who, who Why would you change Goose? Because we can. <laughs> <laughs> but we wouldn't. But we don't have to have Anthony. What's his name in it? Edwards. Edwards. What was the, guy, the other guy from Revenge of the Nerds? <laughs> the other guy from Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah, because there was... Instead of Anthony Edwards. Yeah, the yeah, other guy. I know. That guy. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, you know what? It should have been, uh, instead of the other guy from Revenge of the Words, it should have been oh, the... Oh, God, what was his name? The the black guy from Revenge of the Nerds. You got played Lamar? Yes, Lamar. <laughs> he would have been fantastic. He was great in The Karate Kid. I know, but he would have been great in Top Gun as Goose. Yeah. I would have really liked that. It's a dream cat. All right, anyways, so who framed Roger or maybe Rabbit? maybe we could have, instead of Keanu Reeves, a guy, the other guy from Bill and Ted, have him be Neo. <laughs> that guy's not a very good actor. <laughs> <laughs> but in an alternate reality, he's the one who makes all these, the big roles. I mean, I don't know how great of an actor you have to be to, as much as I love The Matrix, to be Neo's Neo. not <laughs> the deepest part, but Whoa. Alex Winter? Sure. Yeah, that's his name. All right, I knew it was in there somewhere. I want to go into that world. (laughs) This was written by a writing duo of Jeffrey Price and Peter Seaman. They also wrote (laughs) Wild Wild West. Oh. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The original? The Jim Carrey? The Jim Carrey. Yeah. And Doc Hollywood. Oh, one of Elaine's favorite, um, Michael J. Fox. That's a weird grouping. It is. Um... Roger Rabbit. He, he does not have a genre. He's, let's try something new. Roger. Although I believe it because... I'm sorry. Okay. I believe it because my memory of this movie was not this movie. Mm. I remember this movie being a cartoon, but it's a noir film. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not cartoony, funny, silly, you know, like, you know, like you'd expect That's some kind of... I remember this movie it's better a, than you do. I hadn't seen it in, in freaking 20, 30 years or whatever. I think we but are I was like, this is... We are living in a different alternate reality. Right. Carly well, knows movies better let than me, Tony. Can I finish? Can I do the cast and then we can talk about what you guys thought going in? Yep. Can I just get through the cast? I just want you to remember this finish? next time it's my turn. You won't I'm, let me talk. But I'm asking you, can I get through the cast? If the answer is no, I'll stop talking. I've seen before. You totally I like coherence. <laughs> They're chilling. They're popsicles. On a um, so, Roger Rabbit is uh, voiced by Charles Fleischer, who voiced a ton of characters. All, like, he's got a lot, he's a very famous voice actor. And Jessica Rabbit is voiced by Kathleen Turner, who was uncredited in the original movie. Now, her singing is done by Ivy, Ivy somebody. But the speaking parts are all, and they only credited the other chick, the Ivy person, mm. who did That's the weird. singing for Jeff, Jessica Rabbit. But Kathleen Turner did the voice work. Yeah, I could tell when I heard it. I was like, yeah, you can. It's instant. <laughs> She's wonderful as this. She has that femme fatale voice. She's got that sexy voice. It also makes me think of Lauren Bacall. Mm-hmm. Same kind of voice. Um, she reminds me of a, of a girl who'd be smoking. <sighs> Come over here, darling. No. <sighs> 
Eddie Valiant is played by Bob Hoskins, who, uh, welcome back to the podcast from Michael. He's also fantastic in Hook, Mermaids, and Super Mario Brothers. Nobody is good in Super Mario Brothers. Uh, He's fantastic in that. No, he's not. That movie is... John Leguizamo. No, John Leguizamo sucks in it. I might pick it. Actually, everybody sucks in that. Dude, this movie's good. (laughs) That movie is fantastic. And John Leguizamo shouldn't have been cast by his own rules. By whose own rules? John Leguizamo. He said, unless you're that ethnicity, you shouldn't have that part. When did he say that? Recently. Yeah, so he's decided he's had a new change of heart recently. Maybe this was the movie that, maybe Mario Brothers was the reason that he feels that way. Because he felt if they had cast an actual Italian, that movie would have been good. And nope. it was the whole thing holding that movie back. Nope, they, they could have yep. cast every Italian in the world. Yep. That movie would have sucked. Dennis Hopper's done some real weird stuff. He's a fucking nutball. Anyways, Judge Doom is played by Christopher Lloyd. Welcome back to the podcast from Adam's Family Values. He, um, Christopher Lloyd was in, of course, Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camp Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Clue, which is fantastic, and mm-hmm. one of us should do that movie. And three episodes of the Tremors TV show. I'm sorry, he was also in a very famous TV show that I loved growing up. Yeah, what's that? Taxi. I've never seen Taxi. You never saw Taxi with Tony Danza? I, I saw that on, like, Nicky Knight. Danny DeVito. <laughs> I've never seen a single Everybody's in this show. <laughs> Kanicki's in it. He's in I've Florida seen, Cuckoo's Nest, too. I've, yeah, but I've never seen that either. That's about crazy people, and that bothers me. Um, but Taxi is amazing. I have seen clips of Taxi, hmm? but I have never seen a single episode from start to finish of what Taxi. What if it's on Tubi? I don't I know. I have no interest. it has anything to do with Back to the Future. Well, they Maybe might know each other. Mm-hmm. But like, hey, here's a guy. Mm. Maybe. Um, he said he really loved doing this, by the way, in the trivia. He's one of cool his as shit villains. in it. He's a great villain. There was this, and he said, much like something else where he was also the villain, he loved just... He was a good Klingon yeah. in, in uh, Star Trek. Um, and then we have the character of Dolores, who is played by Joanna Cassidy, who I remember from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, shit. Um, also, she she's in Tony's yeah. favorite. Tony's wow, favorite. I didn't remember that. <laughs> she's in Tony's favorite Eddie Murphy movie, Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> she's in Blade Runner, and she was in future podcast episode Chain Reaction. <laughs> future podcast. I keep saying that I'm going to do it. I'm um, it's a threat at this point. I'm. And then <laughs> Marvin Acme is played by Stubby Kane, who was very familiar to me, even though I have never seen yeah. anything. I. Like, I went through his IMDb, and I've heard of so many things, because he's very famous from uh, Little Abner and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't recall ever really seeing some of this stuff. I just must have osmosis it. And then R.K. Maroon is played by Alan Tilburn, who's also very recognizable, but I hadn't yeah. seen any... I knew his voice. He has a very distinct like, voice. I, I, don't re- I don't know why I know him, even going through his IMDb. I can't pinpoint what it was, but I know I know him. What do you think going in, Carly? I thought, hey, I think this is the very first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. <laughs> and I actually talked, we went to my parents' house yesterday, mm-hmm. and despite the fact that my mom did not see it in the theater, mm-hmm. she's pretty sure that it is the first, like, I was like, I remember mm-hmm. seeing this movie in a theater, and I remember they had little round tables, and they served food. And apparently, back in the 80s, that's what the cinema cafe looked like. <laughs> And that's why you so, love Cinema Cafe? I remember seeing this movie in the theater. How old were you? I was four. 
<laughs> Maybe a babysitter took you. But I think my dad's friend, Buddha, who lived with us off and on when mm-hmm. the ship was here, because he just didn't want to live on yeah. the ship, uh, I think he took us. Because he took us to a lot of, like, he took us to the circus. He took, you know, it's like yeah, he would how he pay. repaid my parents for, like, <laughs> live on the couch. It would take you places <laughs> so they could have yeah. grown-up time. Um, so I think Buddha took us. And I just, I remember seeing this in the mm-hmm. theater. And that... I think it was the Pembroke Meadows one. They used to only play older movies. So it could yeah. have been Later when I was on. almost five, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. I looked it up. This movie was in theaters for like 17 weeks yeah. or some shit. So it could have been anymore. when I was almost five by the time I actually you saw it. You used to be able to go, like... Well, I think Batman was in there for six months. Movies would be in the theater for well, a long time, and then they would go out of the main movie theater, and they would go to the dollar theater. Mm-hmm. And then there's another year they come out of video. And this would have been the, the dollar when I, theater When I times. worked there, uh, Flubber and Titanic were there the longest. They were there for over a year. Ooh. Titanic was there for a I long time. I don't have too time. many... In lots of theaters. I don't have too many, like, like vivid Remember memories going of seeing like, things This is still theaters. fucking here? Like, half the time I can't, I know, all right, well, I saw that in the theater, or I can guess. But, like, I distinctly remember Fire in the Sky. I just Scarred for life. It. I don't and think I've seen it since. The other, the other <laughs> super distinct movie memory I have was me and my friend Leah went and saw An Eye for an Eye in the theater. We went to the Dollar Theater. It was a Kiefer Sutherland movie. He, I'm pretty sure he... Uh, I'll, I'll look Step it up. someone's eye? No, no, he was like a murderer and a rapist. And Jesus. it was, it scared the shit out of us. And we we were terrified when we walked out of the theater and it was dark and we had to walk to our car. The first movie I remember seeing in theater? E.T. First movies I saw were The Flash, Popeye, Flash Pol- Gordon. Poltergeist, yeah. Uh, Flash Gordon. What did I say? The Flash? Oh. Flash. I meant Flash Gordon. So this was I don't know which one Like The Flash, first, like Flash. last week? <laughs> Gordon or Popeye, but whatever one was, this one I saw first. This is a drama thriller from 1996, starring Sally Field and Kiefer Sutherland. And uh, Sally Field is a working mom stuck in traffic, talking on the phone to her teenage daughter when she she hears an intruder break into the house and murder her child. So what? Um, Although the killer is arrested, a legal technicality leads to his release, and... um, she becomes obsessed with taking revenge. No one knows this movie because it sucked. Yeah, well, maybe it has an 8% rot on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe Carly <laughs> should watch it. Because no one saw it. You said 8. The thermometer for wow. eye for an eye is 8. The audience score is 55. So but the thermometer is 8. So I went to look Jesus it up Christ to see which one, me. which movie I saw first in the theater, Popeye or Flash Gordon. Because he was like, it depends on what year they are. And I was like, yeah, actually. So I looked it up. They both came out in 1980. They both came out in December. One came out the 5th and one came out the 12th. So it still could have been, been either. Anyway. It was a yeah. busy two weeks for you. Yeah. yeah. I, was bu- I was a busy five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> places to be, motherfuckers. That's excellent. Um, anyways, you can move on to somebody else. John, what do you think going on? We're still doing that. Yeah. Like 20 yeah. minutes of the fucking podcast. I started a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah, I've seen this. It's a fucking movie. You're so depressing. Tony? <laughs> I was like, I remember liking this movie, but I haven't seen it in a long time. So I don't know what's going to happen. I remember it being funny, silly. But like I said, it's not. <laughs> it's a noir movie for a good chunk of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should be smoking. It should be black and white. Yeah. So some other people. Yeah. Sandra. Sandra? Nope, Sam. S O M D R A. Sandra. Look at me. Uh, I'm Sandra. Gives it a one out of ten. What a yawn film. 
Just so boring. Mm-hmm. Plotline boring. Not even Jessica Rabbit was the saving grace. What were they thinking? A sexy cartoon The character? whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. Look, they quoted the movie in their review. Mm-hmm. What year? That was uh, July 11th, 2020. Okay. COVID time. Yeah. Right during COVID. <laughs> There's so many reviews during COVID mm-hmm. and none of them are good. <laughs> All right. And then, Jem Manuel Navarro, which makes me think that Jem and Manuel have a joint account where they review movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is sad. Get your own account. <laughs> it's like husbands and wives that share a Facebook page. Usually if husbands and wives share a Facebook page, one of them cheated. Mm-hmm. One of the people I went to high school with, her and her husband have a shared Facebook page. Which one of them cheated? I don't know, but she's the only one that ever posts on it. I've never seen a post that could have come from him. I'm going to go with her then. She yeah. doesn't seem like... Well, may, no, I'm going to go with him. Because now he's not on social media. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's real interesting. Yeah, him. Him makes more sense in my mind. He also was in a car accident um, like... Six years ago and almost died. So. Ooh, so he had time to sit there on Facebook. Yeah. Well, that might be why he's never on Facebook. Because <laughs> you know. that's when he started an affair. Maybe. Caught. Wow. <laughs> uh, but she says... With the nurse that took she, care of him. That's right. They, we're working they on say, a movie here. His name... You know, Phil this is, Landerer. This is their entire review. Mm-hmm. Although I had to nitpick in the very end, the rest of it is amazing. I love the acting, the story, the execution, score, animation, and the movie itself. The characters are a whole lot of fun, and it's just a whole lot of fun that beats Space Jam to the dust. Wow. Uh, exclamation point. 10 out of 10. But they didn't tell us what they nitpicked about the end, and they said it was a whole lot of fun twice in the same sentence. <laughs> That's two holes. That's a lot of fun. I thought that was a funny review. All right. Any, uh, any other tangents, or should we just get started, because John's very annoyed. <laughs> I'm down to start. Okay. Um, so this movie opens with the Something's Cooking Roger Rabbit Baby Herman cartoon. You can skip this part. <laughs> which features Robert, Roger Rabbit babysitting Baby Herman. In the hij- largest kitchen ever. <laughs> hijinks ensue, most of which involves Roger being hurt in the kitchen while Baby Herman safely navigates him, himself across through many dangers to get a cookie. There's just bread stacked on yeah, top of the fridge. Like you do. goes, who just puts bread... <laughs> Not in a bag or anything. Just slow, just slices Ooh. on their fridge. Here's a question I had. Who leaves their sink full of water to the very top with dishes in it? Like Who leaves their baby alone with a cartoon fucking rabbit? <laughs> Same person who did all these things. We're done. Move well, it. he's an intelligent rabbit. You hear her say if he's not, if things don't go well, he's going back to the science lab. So he's <laughs> obviously, this is like a rocket raccoon situation. He's very smart. It's been genetically smart? enhanced. Ain't no thing like me, but me. Hmm. <laughs> I guess. Um, we find out that that's actually true. <laughs> well, he is still a North American raccoon, though. You trash panda. So much worse. So much worse. Uh, it ends with Roger getting a refrigerator uh, smashed on his head while catching baby Herman. And when the refrigerator door opens, we see Rob Roger's head smashed through the bottom of the fridge and he's got birds surrounding his head. And the director calls cut because Roger is flubbing his lines. He's supposed to be seeing stars, not bird, not birds. We also see that baby Herman is actually a grumpy old man who smokes and drinks. 
and not because he's sweet 50 years baby. old but he's got a baby dinky yeah because he's a cartoon character and not an actual baby it's pissed because they've done it like 25 times i know yeah, Rod, like, roger can't seem to get it this right this is the one do we have to redo the whole scene can we just drop the bridge on his head this is a lot <laughs> And this is where we see the cartoon world inter, uh, start to intersect with the real world, because everything on the set is shown to be react is the real world except for the characters themselves who are cartoon, and that is why this was considered such an animated feat, which it's probably a lot of work back then. Yes, um, well, the budget on this was estimated seventy million, which would have been a lot in '88. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Honestly, I can't think of a single other movie other than Space Jam where they really did this and it worked. Yeah, when it worked, as I say, there's Cool World. <laughs> Which there's a couple of movies that did that it, worked. but this is the only one that worked. Cool World did not work. Cool World World was weird. Yeah. I was looking and it was like movies like this, and I was like, "Is that Brad Pitt?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Tony, have you heard of Cool World?" He was like, "Yes, it's bad." I was like, "It's a four percent on." <laughs> I, I have not I seen sh- it. How good is Brad Pitt that he was in that piece of shit and still is Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Well, he was really hot. <laughs> that's, that's true. We Like his early acting roles, he did not get them because he was a good actor. He got them because he was really, really, really good looking. Oh, Pete's Dragon. Like Derek Zoolander? Oh, Pete's Dragon. That's another one. I that was is like, another I was like, what are... Yeah, but there's a lot of people that are really, really, That's really good That's one of my looking. favorite. The original Pete's Dragon is one of my all-time favorite Disney me. movies. Me too. And me and Gwen watched the remake and were fucking traumatized. Don't watch it. I heard it. it was bad. It's so depressing. It's dark and depressing. And the first one, I mean, it's of its time, but it's silly I and fun. weird day to stop sniffing glue. Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah, they That's did that in Mary Poppins. Yeah. With a spoonful of sugar. But it was kind of a... It's one of those things I feel like, like um, 3D, which it didn't really catch on. It was kind of revolutionary, and it didn't really catch on the way they thought it would, and then it kind of fades away and then just pops up every now and again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice it goes from making everything, sorry, making everything in 3D to, we're going to do it when we think it'll help. Make the, add something to the movie, not, you know, Batman 3 in 3D for some reason. One of these, Zemeckis, one of the Batman things he forever. directed was... Um, this movie starring uh, Justin Gordon-Levitt. No, Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Say Justin. That's where Joseph's he played the, a famous tightrope walker that walked between the buildings. Oh yeah, I remember. I will, yeah, I remember thinking, how is there a movie about this? <laughs> well, they did a <laughs> bio. <laughs> they did a biopic on it, and Cross and I were in the theater watching something else in 3D. I cannot remember what it was, but Cross and I used to watch all kinds of stuff in 3D because we both enjoyed it. Um, but we were there at the theater. It might have been Captain Underpants. And they showed the preview for that movie, and it was also shot in 3D. And they showed the scene where he walks the tightrope between the buildings in 3D, and I could not handle it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to spit all over the table. But I could not handle it. So some movies would... I mean, I feel like that's a movie where it probably really enhanced it. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So Ed, we see Eddie Valiant. He's on the set. And he... Uh, watches as this is going down where the director and Roger are fighting and he kind of shakes his head and says tunes and he takes a drink of the whiskey he pulls out of his pocket. It's wild turkey. No, it's not out of his pocket. He has a holster just for his whiskey. <laughs> it's Instead like a of gun a holster. He's mm-hmm. got whiskey. Um, so Eddie goes to see R.K. Maroon. Apparently Maroon has 
he's the head of the studio. He's called Eddie, and he tells him that the Baby Herman cartoon is twenty five thousand over budget, which is crazy. And because Roger is blowing his lines, and uh, because Hollywood maths, Maroon says that uh, he's distracted because his wife's been kind of stepping out on him and he wants Eddie to go and take some pictures so that he can show the rabbit and get his head back on straight so they can finish the stupid rabbit picture. Rabbit, move on. Yeah. Um, so it's a strange thing because, I mean, I guess if you're suspicious that something's mm-hmm. going on, the pictures might help you clarify, but are they going to help you no. be less distracted <clears throat> by the situation? It would bring no. closure, no. so you wouldn't have heard about it. You <laughs> at least know. But he's still going to be depressed. He's still going to be... <laughs> but he might be able to use that in his performance. I feel like this is why we don't see film noir anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, because of Jessica Rabbit? No, but a, a, big, a big part of film noir was the private investigator yeah. getting the pictures of the wife or the husband to, mm-hmm. to break the story or whatever, the blackmail. Yeah. But like, if your wife what? is cheating on you now, you just divorce her. <laughs> like, but... But the, what do you mean what? What? Nothing. What do you mean what? And there's cameras, cameras everywhere. And well, yeah, everybody's camera, tracked on. But the like, phone it's and, it's not that it's not that big a deal. And like, divorce doesn't ruin your life, or you yeah. know, and your marriage breaking up doesn't ruin that everything. Was for the guy. I have to it for some people, but it's not it's not the thing that it used to be, or like. It doesn't have the stigma. It used you to know, be. in the forties when. If a husband and wife, if their marriage didn't work, you know, the wife who doesn't have a job can't support herself at all. Mm-hmm. And the husband, if the wife was stepping out on the husband, then he's embarrassed in front of all his friends. Like, those social constructs around that don't mean anything. They're still different things, but now. Well, social but like, media has put everything out in front of Yeah, so, so I feel like this type of film doesn't really work anymore, which is why you never really see a film noir, unless it's a period piece. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with horror. We've talked yeah. about it a million times. Horror doesn't really, really work as well nowadays as it did like in the 80s. Yeah. Nowadays, you're just walking around Camp Crystal like you've got cell phone reception and you see where you are. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, Jason's right here. You have a right flashlight. You have a... <laughs> guys, I put, a, I put an Apple, a Apple tag on Jason so we don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> Apple tag on Jason. So, That's why the ruins worked so well. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you notice that in all horror movies. Like, I don't get reception here. Like, everybody in the first act, well, I don't get reception. Yeah, you do. But it's just <laughs> you set still, it up so there, later There are places you still don't get reception. I know, but I mean, like you can make a phone call, but you can't access the internet, yeah. but you can still make a phone call. Yeah. Even in shitty reception areas. Um, Unless you have Boost Mobile. <laughs> That's why you got to switch to Mint Mobile. Well, they're not doing it for me as well either. Because you, you signed up as soon as Ryan Reynolds sold. I know. You could try... Verizon or AT&T, one of the big companies. I don't trust them. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're fly by night. At AT&T, you think they're going to be around next year? Probably please. not. Please. But That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> Mint Mobile. Yeah, no, I love their, their selling points. Like, hey, look, we ride the Verizon backbone or AT&T mm-hmm. or T-Bone. Like, we're on the they same network. It's like, well, why don't I just go there? Well, we're cheaper. Yes, but you're second in line. Um, well, no. we had Verizon, and then we left Verizon, and we got something and then we had that and then they got rid of that so then we went back to it was intelos intelos yeah intelos was amazing but only if you were in virginia Mm -hmm. if you left virginia that shit wasn't working and then and then sprint bought intelos and we didn't want sprint come over to sprint we're like nah Nah. (laughs) (laughs) 
We're good. And we, we've been with Verizon ever since. And you know what? We have cell reception. <laughs> then you're not in a horror movie. All right. <laughs> so, um... You want to diversify your phones. That way, if we're all out in the woods, one of us... One of us. Eddie, seven. on the one hand, seems a little offended that he would be hired just to take some pictures, some dirty pictures. But on the other hand, he needs the money. He so he money. tells... <laughs> Maroon that it's going to cost him a hundred bucks, which is a lot of money in 1940. Tony goes, he's doing all this for a hundred bucks. I know, I was like, a hundred bucks. Two thousand. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it's 1938 or whatever the fuck well, it is. Okay, and then I guess that's the money. Maroon d- says okay, and he, um, well, at first Eddie's like, I don't work Toontown, and Maroon's like, you don't have to go to Toontown. She works at the Ink and Paint Club, and then. Uh, Eddie uh, helps himself to Maroon's wet bar, and Maroon gives him a $50 check. He'll get half now, half later once the job is complete. Eddie is startled by Dumbo, who comes to the window, which, a big cartoon elephant, which scared the shit out of me, too. <laughs> Flying elephant. Well, he works for peanuts. Dumbo. He works for peanuts. <laughs> yep. And we find out that Maroon has some half Dumbo and half the cast of Fantasia on loan for Disney. This was kind of a revolutionary thing where the Warner Brothers and the Disney... uh, This is the only movie where Warner Brothers and Disney animation is together in the same film and on screen at the same time. This was as of 2022, so unless something's changed in the last year, who knows. But um, they also, in order to uh, make the deal with Warner Brothers, they had to give their characters equal screen time, which is why they're in pairs like Daffy and Donald or Mickey and Bugs. They're all to seen in pairs. Did you see Mickey and Bugs skydiving together? was like, huh. <laughs> I don't... Cool. Uh, the... Inca- Daffy and Donald. When That's one of my really favorite scenes. Of it, I was like, so they're all just cartoon worlds until you realize that they're separate companies. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, separate companies doesn't really... Yeah. Like, honestly, you might realize deal. that you've never seen these characters on the That's same like show That's like if they did a DC together. Marvel movie right yeah. now. That's how... Big yeah. that would be. They but do, I remember they do the comics, one. but they don't do movies right now. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of DC and Marvel comics where they team up or fight yeah, each that's other. That's just a little jarring. It's yeah. like, because it's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel remember like the first time be... we saw Coke and Pepsi in a commercial? We were like, oh my God, are they going to? Oh, no, oh, they're fighting. Well, like, I, I watch like, a lot of retro crap. <laughs> the Pepsi crap. challenge? Yeah. A lot of retro crap on YouTube. And I like the old days where they would call each other out. And I was like, like, this is the Whopper. Don't get that shitty McDonald's burger. I'm like, damn, really? You guys are talking shit about McDonald's? <laughs> the Where's the Beef commercials. Yeah, they used to do all kinds of that shit. That was Wendy's. Like, oh, there's other McDonald's and Burger King. Yeah. They have small fucking burgers, but like, not Wendy's. Speaking of Pepsi, did you enjoy my new sweatshirt? John and I went to see his mom yesterday, and New Bern is the, home, is the birthplace of Pepsi. So we went to the Pepsi store, and I got this sweet hoodie. Oh, I, I figured they gave that to you when you got there. No. I got one, too. People and don't I, pay for Pepsi products. But I, well, I bought, I John, bought a Pepsi John bought a from, Pepsi. The, from the Did heart. you drink yeah. it? No, it's in the fridge. Why didn't you drink it? Special occasion. I forgot it was there, actually. because <laughs> it's, it's Pepsi, and Pepsi's gross. But I do I, like a pink hoodie. I don't worry about somebody and drinking my Pepsi. I will tell you, this hoodie was only $35, which is pretty reasonable for a, for a that hoodie. Person, didn't pay for it. I was going to buy it for myself. I'm perfectly capable of doing that. All if you didn't want it? to pay for it, you should have said something, and I could have bought it. Hey, it was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. I would have bought you a Pepsi. Why don't you say something? It's you also got a hoodie, so fuck you. Oh, snap. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck you, Don Reddy. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck your family. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. 
the good. Yes, the she good. Do. <laughs> oh. The dream sequence with Will Ferrell. That's right. That's the right, angels that's sing, right. "Fuck you, Don Ready." But we also me. got a uh, Santa ornament where he's drinking Pepsi, not Coke. You gonna send it to your mom? No, no we're gonna put it. On she the was tree. there. Put it on the tree. <laughs> it's for our tree. That's cool. Cause fuck you, Coca Cola. I prefer Coke over Pepsi, but I don't like cola. So. I don't really drink soda. I don't either. Unless this I put up a little booze. Ginger ale's the only soda I really I like drink, and I don't know the most. But I don't. I'm not loyal to any kind of ginger ale. No, that's I feel why like, I have <laughs> feel like if you made me pick my all-time favorite She's gonna soda, say it's going to be Sunkissed. She's lying. Sunkissed. Mm. Mm. I do really enjoy Sunkissed. I like a I like a root beer I and a like, cream soda. I love a Burners. I like, gonna, but honestly, uh, orange soda. This is, is going to surprise you. My favorite soda. If I had to only drink one ever, Wild Cherry Pepsi. It's a Wild Cherry Pepsi. Do they even not make that? that? It's I don't like balls. Pepsi. Do they still make that? that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't drink it enough to where I know. <laughs> the problem, I like Sierra Mist too, almost as much as 7-Up, but now Sierra Mist is all gone, and they replaced it with the Starry, and it's fucking gross. Starry mm-hmm. is gross. Now that you soda choice, you're going it's with ginger ale? Real. I, I'm not loyal to a brand, though. I just pick up the ginger ale. <laughs> what about ginger beer? Do you drink the ginger beer? Uh, in a Moscow Mule. Oh. Interesting. Not, not like, by itself. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to the store and be like, I'll take it. No? Why'd you have to bring nerds, man? Sometimes, like, Tony likes those penguin snowball things, or pelican snowballs or whatever. And when he gets them for me, I'll put a little vodka and a little ginger beer in it. I don't know what a penguin snowball is. It's just a snowball. Like a snow cone. Just comes in a cup and you yeah. get more than one flavor. There's a place down the street that does it. Shaved ice, basically. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You just, oh, I miss it. Thought it was ice. some kind of drink. I had no idea no, no. about. No, it's a penguin it's snowball. What I really miss is time. Is this some weird Italian brand of like off brand, like a like one of those lime maritas? Who knew? They don't have good. It's like a store that that's all they do though. It's all fucking slimy and no, they don't do they don't do that here. But I really really miss that. Or if you go to Philly, you get the water ice. That was good too. Oh, wow. Which is they used to have a food truck that would come to the school once or twice a year and give the teachers a free uh, water ice, and it was good. Those shits are good. Every time the truck, they're like, Those "You can go get your water ice." I'm like, "I'm running down there." <laughs> I waited in line for 20 minutes last time because they put a little vodka in it for the teachers. You know, gotta get through the day. They did that. They keep their own vodka in the day. Right. But they, they usually also desk. come with yeah. a kettle corn truck, so we would get both. And I would give Tony the popcorn, and I would eat the Philadelphia water ice. <laughs> Interesting. So we're All right, so Eddie walks. Eddie agrees to take the pictures. Uh, we see him walking through the movie lot or the studio lot, and there are tunes all over the place. Fun fact, the pelican on the bicycle. Um, the pelican was supposed to just ride by on a bike. But they couldn't get the bike to stand up straight, so then they just animated the pelican falling off the bike, which mm-hmm. I thought was fun. You're like, fuck it. So then as Eddie leaves the lot, he hitches a ride on the back of a streetcar. Named this Desire? Is the red car streetcar line. Um, and uh, he talks to some kids on the back of it, and they're like, don't you have a car, mister? And he's like, who needs a car in L.A.? We've got the best public transportation system in the world, which is very funny to think of right now. And also, enough. perhaps, the best anything anymore. <laughs> some foreshadowing. That's not true. They have the best um, homeless 
no, problem in the world. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The I, fact one this, third of the homeless people in the U.S. live in California. I don't believe the, it. The, <laughs> the, I don't do wait, anything about it. What <laughs> the the plan of the criminal mastermind in this movie is ridiculous and super funny. He yeah. won. <laughs> I know he did, but and that's why it's so funny. It's super funny. Um. We'll so Eddie malls. goes to his office, and the postman gives him a bunch of mail. It's a bunch of bills, and he decides to throw them in the trash. And instead of going inside, go across the street to the local bar. Dolores is our bartender, and she asks Eddie for the money that she loaned him out of the till. Tomorrow is Friday, and her boss does the books on Friday. And if she doesn't have the replaces the money she gave him, so she embezzled for her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Then she's going to lose her job. Then she's going to lose her job. And go to the clink. But it was the 30s. So he gives her the check for $50. And uh, she's like, where's the rest? And he's like, I I, I get the rest after the job. And then she's like, is this even real? And uh, he's like, check out the signature. And she goes, RK Maroon, I thought you weren't going to take another, you'd never take another tune job. And he's like, it's not a job for a tune. The guys in the bar... Uh, start making fun of him. Because... She also says that, if I'm remembering right, that's not enough to cover it. Yes. So essentially, yeah, she, she took said, like, where's the other half? She took over a thousand dollars out of this till to give to her no, boyfriend. No, she took a hundred dollars out. Which is a thousand dollars. But <laughs> yeah, of course. Tony's just doing why, the math for you. Which is why he told the RK Maroon he needed a hundred dollars. Right, but that's so. crazy. Like uh, you give him a hundred, you know, fifty or whatever like you give him a like little bit of money like 10 bucks would it's have not been... cool but I understand it you gave him a lot of fucking money like yeah. so from oh, somebody else's till it only costs a nickel to ride the red car is mm-hmm. that right yeah that's what they say <laughs> what he nickel? held up the check and they're like what are we a bank and they yeah. closed the door in his face but um they make fun of him and Eddie loses it and beats one of them up cause back then it was okay to beat somebody up yes and take Mike until uh he had, uh as he leaves, the guy that he now. beat up asks Dolores what his problem is, and Dolores tells him that a tune killed his brother. He dropped a piano on his head, which is kind of crazy. And they're all kind of shocked by this because it seems very unbelievable that a tune would kill somebody. So then we see Eddie go to the Ink and Paint Club. Uh, he gives the secret password, Walt Disney, <laughs> and uh, goes and gets a table. He runs into, he's sitting next to Marvin Acme, who shakes his hand and gets him with the old hand buzzers. It's their bestseller. He also squirts him with some disappearing ink. And uh, Eddie orders a scotch, and it's brought to him by, or, and then as he's ordering, after the waiter leaves, then we see Betty Boop. Mm -hmm. Now, Betty Boop is, uh, Voiced by the original voice actress for Betty Boop, who voiced the character until this character was discontinued from film, and then went on to voice Olive Oil (laughs) in the Popeye cartoons. But uh, she knows Eddie, because he used to work Toontown. We don't know that yet, but... And then um, we see on stage is Daffy and Donald Duck doing dueling pianos. It ends predictably so. <laughs> it's a very fun scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I had a hard time picking a favorite scene. This was in this is, was like one of the ones I was going back and forth with. And then we see Jessica Rabbit perform. 
and it is sexy. Is it? <laughs> and Eddie is expecting a bunny. We, we, we think he's expecting, like, Lola Bunny from Space Jam, but it is a sexy lady cartoon. Mm-hmm. And um, she and Marvin Acme is all in it. He never misses a night. Betty Boop says he never misses a night when Jessica performs. And then Eddie's like, she's married to Roger Rabbit. And Betty Boop goes, yeah, what a lucky girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a funny line. But it's very sexy for a cartoon. Mm -hmm. You don't don't find those um, giant bazoombas sexy, honey? No. No? Who do you think the sexiest cartoon is? Who do you think the I don't know, man. I don't Carly? Really think no of them that way. But... but I just think it's a funny question. It's obviously Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon. But I don't Tatara? know. Well, that's a good one. She's, she's fit. <laughs> cartoon. You got a sexy... There's no, like, sexy cartoon, honey? <laughs> Rock on um, Bionic 6. Yosemite Sam. Mm. That mustache, facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't, I have you no idea. Mustache rides on that thing must be phenomenal. There's so many cartoons that I've never seen. <laughs> and mostly I watched ones with animals or <laughs> they were all women. And I never thought of them that way. <laughs> the boy that Jem dated was pretty cute, but it's Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon. When he's being Tuxedo Mask. I think his name is Rico. Yeah, the gem guy. Yeah, it is. My sister made me watch a lot of gem and holograms. <laughs> yep. Like Rico Roadkill or Roadster or some weird double. I think double it's R. it's definitely not Roadkill. It's it some... might have been Roadster. Now you're gonna look it up. You're Let right. us know. <laughs> um. So after Jessica performs, Eddie snoops backstage, and he hears Acme and Jessica, and he go, starts to. He, like, hears him through a door, and he goes to peep through the lock, but he's caught by the gorilla bouncer and thrown out into the alley like the trash. So then Eddie decides to start checking the windows in the alley, and he actually spots Jessica and Acme, or, and Marvin, and he takes pictures of them through the window, and they are playing patty cake. Rio. Oh, Rio. Rio Pacheo. Rio Pacheo? That's a name. That's um, Rico. <laughs> Rico, I have, failed, I have failed my gym trivia today. How <laughs> shall I hang my head? I mean, you did better than I could have done. <laughs> I actually think it's better that you failed. <laughs> I think he failed on purpose. We had a bunch of gem dolls, and the gem dolls were bigger than the Barbie dolls oh, yeah. by quite a bit. And we used to use the gem doll shoes as bar- as shoe phones for Barbie. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> one of those things. A shoe phone for Barbie. Mm-hmm. I like the Misfits. Their songs were better. No, you didn't. <laughs> That's just what they say in the commercial. The I know, but you definitely didn't. I'm offended. <laughs> and this super 80s blush I'm wearing today is also offended. <laughs> what were those car- little Barbie knockoffs from the 90s where the heads were like this big? Bratz. Bratz? Bratz. Bratz aren't really Barbie knockoffs. Bratz are something kind of different. Any doll. Are they the gothy ones? Barbie no, those are Monster High. <laughs> <laughs> I know that because they work in a retail store. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> But those are Monster High. There's Monster High and Rainbow High. And Monster High ones are gothy. And Rainbow High are rainbow. And um, But neither are Bratz. But neither are Bratz. But the cool thing about Bratz and the Rainbow slash Monster High dolls is they're all very ethnically diverse. No one gives a shit. Like, they're 
They're very cool. Not that Barbie isn't ethnically diverse, because she is. Is she? But, yeah. Well, yeah, they do have a bunch of um, they've different had, races for Barbies for a they while. They do. Yeah. They've had them since the 60s. And she was also a, a, a baker, a candlestick she, maker, so they a had doctor. Barbie, they had Barbie in the Rockers. She had a group. And you know what? She never got pregnant. You know why? Because she's infertile. She doesn't have lady parts. <laughs> so Ken comes the first in the Ken, Ken Ken uh, can't perform. Wow. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> what were you saying, Elaine? So uh, the first African American. You're trying not to laugh. <laughs> was released in 1980. So huh. since 1980, well, oh. like, and that makes sense because I always remember there being black white barbie and black barbie i don't like saying that i don't like the you way it say sounds black now. i it bothers me now why does that bother you mm-hmm. because i've changed as a person and now that bothers me you know i know a lot of, of black people and how they refer to themselves as black i know that has nothing to do with anything i i've gotten to the point in my life where i'm more comfortable saying person of color or african-american which doesn't mean anything because I don't really care what anybody else says. But for myself, I've reached a point in my life where, for me, I'm more comfortable saying person of color. But the African-American Barbie doll was released in 1980, which makes sense because I don't ever remember a time where there wasn't ethnically diverse Barbies. Yes, she was. But it, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's, that's how people are. They change. They evolve. They grow. Things yeah. they might have said one time, they no longer would say. Uh-huh. Well, don't let the, or they're yeah. no longer comfortable with because that's life. It's beautiful. Well, don't let and the, every don't let the weirdos tell you that you know. Well, hey, what do you want to be called? You know what they want to be called? People. I know that Latino Barbie's called Teresa River Rivera Rivera. That's fun. My favorite was always Midge. Teresa mm-hmm. Rivera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had red hair. I always wanted to She's be. She's Catholic. Hundo P. But I was a redhead for a while, and I don't really think it was very flattering. <laughs> you like Barbie's name was Christine. Who? No, Christy. Sorry, yeah. Black Barbie was Christy. Christine. Well, there was Christina. There was no Barbie had a friend Christine, but there was also Black Barbie who well, was just. I'll have Barbie. you know, many consider Christy to be the first Black Barbie. But she was Barbie. according to the internet, which doesn't really mean anything. That's fine, but it but there was friends of Barbie who were ethnically diverse, but there was Barbie herself who was who was African American. Who was Skipper? Barbie's little sister. Oh, okay, because I remember Skipper. My sister had Skipper. I remember she was in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's about the extent of my Barbie knowledge. That's all you got? Alright. My Barbies all came from like the thrift store. I didn't know their actual <laughs> names. They're lucky they were almost clothes. always nude. We did. <laughs> my this mom did not let us use Mitch. the shoes. Because she was just like Legos. It's my favorite Barbie right now. Just there. like Legos. <laughs> Barbie <laughs> shoes were banned in Jiu-Jitsu the house. Barbie? Yeah. <laughs> well, they get lost. Mess up the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I, have picture, I have a picture of Elaine in a Barbie box. <laughs> and you don't want to step on them. Is that guillotine Barbie? That's guillotine They had Barbie. some very cool Barbies in that store. This was the Barbie store in Vegas. Oh, they There's have a, a giant store? box, yeah. Well, they had like, um, so it was in they one of the... box? No, just Barbie. It was in one of the storefronts. And they had Barbies for sale, but they also had, like, a little museum part. I think it was kind of like a traveling oh, Barbie cool. museum, but then they had stuff for sale. They had some cool stuff. They had some really expensive fucking Barbies. Oh, John's like, mom like collected Barbies no. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people did. No, I don't want to touch that Barbie from 1930. No, shit. I remember 
every year when the Christmas Barbie came out and she was so fancy and she was like 50 bucks and there's no way you were ever getting a Christmas Barbie but she was so pretty to look at that was the Barbie dream (laughs) the holiday Barbie I feel like Elaine needs a holiday Barbie for Christmas this year that's on you brother (laughs) I was talking to you (laughs) what is a holiday Barbie I know I'm scared to look now (laughs) I mean I don't think they're much more expensive than a regular Barbie I don't know that's what Google is for all right, while you look that up. So, um, then, uh, Eddie goes back to... Actually, they're not very expensive. Here's one from 2010. It's only 30 bucks. 2022 is only Eddie $22. goes to see RK Maroon, and he takes the pictures that he took of Jessica and Acme. Um, and they show the pictures to Roger, and Roger is in denial. Was he cannot the, believe... Is that the one you thought was amazing? She is amazing. Because this is 1994. This would have been right around when I <laughs> wanted a holiday Barbie. My sister had the one with the red, this red dress. Well, I mean, I got to think that 14 was probably the end of my Barbie love. So, I mean, maybe you might want to go wow. to like 1990. was a cool Barbie. You, you might want to go to like 89. <laughs> she was a cool. Why don't you look at uh, Barbie from holiday Barbie 1990? <laughs> that was 10. That seems like probably the last time I really wanted a Barbie. <laughs> Holiday Barbie 1990. And it sure is. Look at that shit. Look how pink that was. Wow. Oh, yeah, she has that's an Elaine Barbie. <laughs> now, is that blush or bashful? That's hot. <laughs> Easy. Crazy. Sir, that color is called pink. pink. <laughs> that color would be called pink. Nicole Loves Nails would call that color pink. <laughs> All right. So uh, they show the pictures to Roger. Roger is in, in deep denial. He's like, that's not my Jessica. These are faked. She would never do this to me. And Maroon says, it's all right. Gives him a shot. Drink this. It'll make you feel better. And he has quite a reaction to this alcoholic beverage. Freaks out. Freaks out, um, as only a cartoon can. And um, Eddie's like, hey, give me the other half of my money. Uh, He writes him the check for $50. And they tell Roger that he's going to find somebody new. Now he can move on. It's all right. She doesn't deserve him. And he says that they're wrong, that they're going to work it out. They, he is not going to lose his wife. They're going to work it out. He will make it. He will fix it. And then he does that cartoon thing where he runs out the window and it's left with the silhouette of his body. Mm-hmm. So Eddie leaves. He goes to his office slash apartment. He starts to look at the pictures. He takes down the pictures that he's developed and he, there's the pics of him and Dolores and his brother at Catalina. Because he had borrowed Dolores' camera because his was in the shop, the pawn the shop. The pawn shop. <laughs> but at the end of this film was pictures of them and Catalina, which had to have been like five years ago because his brother's been dead for like five years. And it starts off as just him, pictures of him and Dolores having a great time and then him and his brother. And then we see his brother's desk. It's covered in dust and you see kind of pictures of them together. It's and not cocaine. It's actual dust. It's, it's this was the eighties. You got to clarify. No, this was the forties. It's before cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah. Um, but he gets very drunk, and it's very sad. He's woken up the next morning by Lieutenant Santino. Seems as though perhaps Eddie and his brother were cops for a little bit, and then to start, then decided to go into private detecting mm-hmm. or inspecting. Um, so the lieutenant comes and he wakes up drunk Eddie and tells him that Marvin Acme was killed by Roger Rabbit last night. And I guess he comes to him because, you know, he took some pictures and whatever. He's kind of tertiary involved in this case. Yeah. 
And um, so for some reason, the lieutenant takes him to the crime scene at Acme's. As if they need his help. But perhaps the judge dude just wants to talk to, to interview him about him, the maybe. pictures. But he does he bring him it, there yeah. and he, he doesn't takes him say, to go sit down until we're ready. He lets yeah. him wander around. And we around. see up in like the office area, Jessica Rabbit is there and she's being interviewed. Which I... I think he was, like they have a whole, they have like a whole thing. Like there's pictures of him. I think they were, him and his brother were well-respected detectives, yeah. detectives before he died. Now he's just kind of a bomb that drinks, but mm-hmm. they used to be somebody, yeah. something. But the lieutenant takes Eddie to the crime scene and we see Jessica getting interviewed, and we see the cops. Um, Marvin Acme's body still on scene. <laughs> uh, a safe was dropped on his head, yeah, a and chalk we outline. see <laughs> the body with the and safe. He goes, no blood, no just, blood, just an outline and uh-huh. <laughs> a safe on his head. And we see the cops playing with Acme products. See what they found? There was no blood. And oh shit, it was all over the pavement. The cops kind of give Eddie a hard time as well, which you think though they would understand that he's become a drunk because his brother died. Mm-hmm. But he's obviously this raging alcoholic at this point. No bat. Um but because you cut this money or not. <laughs> because the cops are playing around, they knock open this crate with a bunch of cartoon shoes in it, which then not uh hits the gurney that Marvin Acme is on, which causes his arm to fall off and something falls off his hand. Now, Eddie sees this and goes to pick it up sneakily. And as he goes to pick it up, his hand, something pins his hand down. It is the end of the cane of Judge Doom. Dun, dun, dun. Christopher Lloyd. And uh, the judge says, um, are you trying to remove evidence from my crime scene? And the lieutenant Eddie, you gotta is come like, back with me. And he's Where? like, no, no, the lieutenant is like, no, he was just picking it up for you. Which, this is not really evidence. This is just a hand buzzer. Like, this is not exactly... I mean... You don't get to take shit off the dead guy. It's, it's, that's true. You don't get to take shit off the dead guy. But I mean, at but no did, point... Did you steal it then? Because it doesn't really belong to anybody. But they make this big deal like this is going to be a key piece of evidence. And it's definitely not. It's just a running gag. Which, I guess, maybe that's why they did it. Because it's a running gag throughout the movie. In honor of Barbie, I put on my tiara. Thanks. <laughs> um, the judge asks Eddie if he has any idea where Roger is. Do you want a tiara? Is. No. We'll get you one. No, thanks. I'm and gonna... Eddie is like, hey, we tried. Coming. He didn't ask me. <laughs> Would you like to try it no. out and see how it works? <laughs> <laughs> the moment has passed. <laughs> so you can get a feel for it. I don't think pink is your tiara color. But... No, red. But they Definitely do have red. red. They have red set in black. I'm sure they like have you're the tiaras in every color. Queen. Tony's going to be very happy this Christmas when he opens up a red tiara. And goes, what the hell is this? What the fuck is this? I'm gonna Don't say, you remember? Who, I'm going to say, who framed Roger Rabbit? And he'll be extra confused because Roger did not wear a tiara. Yeah. Then I'll listen to this episode and go, oh. It's like the butthole talk. Yeah. From Point Break. Where are the chocolate buttholes? They're at my house. <laughs> you haven't given those to somebody else yet? Yeah. <laughs> she likes all her friends. <laughs> probably coming back here for my birthday. <laughs> or coming back here for your birthday. Yeah, my birthday is coming. If I get them like, for my birthday. chocolate assholes are coming too. <laughs> all right, so the judge. They get the keeps on giving. Then ask Eddie if he has any idea where Roger was. Now, Eddie and Roger are not friends. Eddie profited off Roger's misery and perhaps caused this murder. Gotcha. So it was kind of suspicious. Yeah. 
Like, why would you ask him that? But Eddie's like, have you tried Cucamonga? Walla walla. I hear Kokomo was nice. Which is funny. And the judge thinks that Eddie should be more Everybody knows a little place like Kokomo. That's where like, you want to go. I don't know where but Roger Eddie, But <laughs> Eddie doesn't give a shit about Roger. <laughs> or really about this murder. I He seems like him and I are both I love that John Stamos is in the Kokomo video just playing the bongos for no fucking reason. Just... Because he's John Stamos. Because in the back, he's just fucking John Stamos. He's yeah. playing the bongos. When you're John Stamos, you get to do what you want. He's just hanging out. And yeah. He loves to he be there. He happened to be there that day. I was like, sure, what the fuck? What's the name of his band? Jesse and the Rippers. Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pulled that out a little too fast, friend. <laughs> Next time, give it, a, give, it a, give it a two seconds of um. Sorry. <laughs> a little too fast on the draw there with the Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that their song Forever was on the Billboard Top Charts in Japan. Oh, man. Is that a real fact or a show fact? I don't know. I have to look it up. I'm not because I'm trying to run a podcast and I'm taking forever for a movie that's only an hour and 44 minutes and at the time had the longest end credits of any movie. But my favorite song. There were so many, like all the animators and the actors. My dog licked my balls. Hmm. Anyways. Nothing like Jesse and the Rippers would ever play. I imagine. No. Um, so, uh, May rest the judge says mm-hmm. that he is going to catch Roger and he is going to try, convict, and execute him. And then one of the tune shoes kind of nudges the judge in the back of his leg. And this and, is a death-worthy worthy trespass And the right judge here. decides <laughs> to demonstrate it's like, oh, what's going to happen me. here. So he calls for the dip, and the lieutenant tells Eddie, you know how we didn't think anything could kill a tune? Well, the judge found it, and he lists a bunch of chemicals, which I didn't write down because I don't care. One of them was They're acetone. paint removers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's paint removers. It's turpentine and acetone. <laughs> and gets this big, and he puts the shoe in the dip, and it Well, first dissolves. he puts on a giant rubber glove. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To the elbow. Which is a clue. <laughs> and well, then... I mean, it looks like it's probably pretty toxic. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to dip my hand in a jug of many well, chemicals. Later on, um, Eddie is in the dip, and it doesn't affect him at all. Yeah, but we don't know that it doesn't affect humans at this point. Right, no, but really this don't. is what's called foreshadowing. I don't know what you're talking He's about. He's a tune. We don't know that. We do. We all watched the movie. We had to before we sat down and did that's it. That's a spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler, we haven't revealed that 1988. information. 1988. If you haven't seen fucking Roger Rabbit by now, you're not kind of. <laughs> I mean, you might. Or that one person in COVID. <laughs> you might listen to this and be like, you know what? I might give that a try. That sounds interesting. I like Bob Hoskins. I saw Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. It was great. No one ever saw it. <laughs> no one ever said Mario Brothers was great. Oh, I'm so Look, all of the actors in that movie were great in other things. None of them were great in that. The chick that played Princess Peach, I don't think was great think in I've anything. Seen it all the way the only thing honestly. worse that John Leguizamo did other than Mario Brothers was the fucking pest. I don't remember that at Ooh, all. I'd have to look up that because he's been in some bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he's been some good stuff. Yes, he's been in really bad. Well, stuff. Well, as we discussed on the Chef episode, I love him. <laughs> no, I, so, I used to hate him, but I like him. I just don't. I don't, I don't like, like him as a person. I, I don't like his great political actor. crap, but that's everybody yeah. now. You gotta play that game. Yeah. I don't like anyone as a person. But he has a lot of shit movies. But he has a lot of really good movies too. Yeah. I'm not even sure I like us as people. Saying, I don't like anybody wow. as, pe- as people. Everybody Ooh, sucks. That's mean. Why are you giving me that look? Did <laughs> your face stick that way? Just mark. Is that what happened when you were, you know how your mom's like, don't give me that look, your face will stick that way? 
and and your face got stuck. Uh oh. Oh, look at it. Now he's doing that thing with his mouth. I can't wait for Christmas when Tony gets a red tiara and Lane gets nothing. Oh. Or chocolate assholes. Um. Oh yeah, he wasn't. Those are awful. <laughs> What? What's awful? The yes. Oh, they're so good. They're evidently pretty tart. <laughs> they're not that tart. It's like so sweet. <laughs> I would have thought they were tart the face you were making. Oh. They're a little. I swear he was in good stuff. <laughs> Look at him. He's in a lot of shit. John Wick. Executive decision. No, a little good stuff. We said good stuff. John Wick. Mm. No, he's in John Wick. And John Anyways, Wick the judge dips the shoe. <laughs> then he was it's not pretty happening. horrific. Yeah. Watching and the tomb die. Watch the tomb die. We see its eyes. We yeah, hear the noises. This is pretty traumatizing when I was a little kid. Carlito's way. He was Benny Blanco from the Bronx. I never saw him. He killed Carlito at the end. John watched Carlito's way one time, and I think I checked out after 15 minutes. He also departed the other day. All right, so it is pretty. First time ever? I've never seen it. But then Tony listened to a podcast about it in the car. And they were like, and then when this happens, and I was like, spoiler alert. And he was, and like, was like, oh my God, you've never seen it. I watch it once a month. How have you never seen it? <laughs> you should like, know he I and the departed. would not have wanted you line. to know that spoiler. And I'm like, I don't care, dude. <laughs> That's a really good I'll do it eventually for my birthday or something. I don't or really. Heat I don't really care for, but the departed is very good. He never seen it. It's okay. I have seen Heat. <laughs> I do need a birthday pick. Just saying, I haven't picked Heat one. or The Departed. Heat or The Departed would work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know where Elaine, Elaine stands. And I'm always mm-hmm. down to see things I haven't Did seen you do before. The so. I think I yeah. might pick okay. Mr. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> so you made me watch it, and then I did it like the next day. Oh, really? he's <laughs> not picking it. Picking what? I've thought about picking it, even though I've never uh, seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I might <laughs> pick it for John's birthday, because he keeps not picking it's it. It's on my list. It's always... <laughs> I know. You get to it eventually. It's been on your list longer than Dragnet. <laughs> Bless Flesh. you. Well, though, Dragnet, I promised I was going to do for you guys and made you wait. Flesh. Can you not sneeze all over the nerd gummy clusters? Well, I'll eat these two. I'm not going to eat any <laughs> All right. So then Eddie leaves. He goes home. And outside his office slash apartment, he finds baby Herman. And baby Herman tells him that Roger could not have killed Marvin Acme. He's a tune. Tunes don't do that. And he says the whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. And that Acme was killed to keep the tunes from getting Toontown. Because where was Acme's will? No one has found it yet. And all the tunes know that Acme had promised to leave Toontown to the tunes. Now, let me tell you about this, okay? <laughs> I don't give a shit what anybody tells you they're going to leave you or do for you until somebody writes that down that shit don't count also there's more than one copy of wills usually yeah otherwise uh, i mean maybe not a 39 or whenever the hell this happened but there should be yeah i'd probably write down on a napkin napkin, yeah (laughs) it was (laughs) like 46 it was after world war ii so this is after world war ii so it in at some point i think they actually show the year but it was set in mid to late 40s so it's after world war ii when things were fun again. Yeah. Um, Eddie Everybody goes, had was walking around with ducky lighters. He, uh, he wants to hire Eddie to find out who really killed Marvin, but Eddie doesn't work for Toons, and he uh, pushes baby Herman's baby carriage down the hall towards the stairs, which I don't think is okay, even if it's a fake Toon baby. Well, he can't hurt. You he can't, can't hurt Toons, so I don't see why not. But well, it's still not okay. The poor, 
actual human lady who yeah his nursemaid caring for him i don't know does end up getting hit by this carriage what's more upsetting baby herman with that woman or jessica rabbit with roger baby herman with the woman okay jessica rabbit is a cartoon and so is rabbit guy Roger. Roger Rabbit. Rabbit guy? Whatever. They're cartoons. They can I'm do whatever the fuck they want. This is a baby banging <laughs> a woman. I have problems with that. Cartoon or no. But he smokes. And he smokes and drinks and says terrible stuff. But he says he has a three-year-old dinky. He's a 5 year old man with a three-year-old dinky. But if he's three, why is he in a diaper? Get potty trained, man. That's his character. Questions. All right. So He's um, method. Eddie decides to do some drinking. And as he takes a drink, he puts his drink down on top of one of the photos. And he looks down, and it mag- the glass magnifies something, and he spots something in Acme's pocket. So then he busts out his old-timey inspector kit <laughs> and pulls out glass? a magnifying glass, and it's Acme's last will and testament. It was in his pocket. And then he goes... He really just carries it around. The baby was right. He did have a will. Yeah, so maybe there's more going on than Eddie thought. But he decides to go to bed, <laughs> and he pulls down his um, his Murphy bed. His Murphy bed. Thank you. And in his bed, he finds what looks like a cat sleeping under the covers, but it's Roger. Roger. And Red Eddie guy. tries to throw him out, but Roger will not leave. He denies that he's killed anybody. He says that they set him up. He tells Eddie that he went to see Jessica, but she wasn't there, so he all so he wrote her a love letter, and then Eddie's like, the old lipstick on a mirror, and Roger's like, no, I found this nice white crisp piece of paper. <laughs> and he wrote a love letter to her, and uh, he's like, why did you bring it with you? And he's like, well, I couldn't leave it there. A love letter, a, a poem of this magnitude needs to be read out loud, so I went home to wait for her, but the weasels were there. So then he came here to get Eddie to help him. Because all toons know that if you have a problem, you go to Valiant, Valiant and Valiant. Because Eddie and his brother used to work Toontown. Mm-hmm. And they did a bunch of cases until Eddie's brother was murdered by a toon. But he's like, does anybody know you're here? And he's like, I mean, I didn't tell anybody, but I did have to ask 27 people how to get here. Because all toons know to go to you, but nobody knows where you are. <laughs> and it's funny that the only person that knew how to get to him was the guy at the liquor store. <laughs> More playful banter about Eddie being an alcoholic. They didn't call it that in the, in the 40s. It was and, um, mm-hmm. But finally, Roger dramatically says, fine, I'll just leave. And then instead of leaving, goes into the closet like you do mm-hmm. which is but that's the closet and Eddie goes into the closet to get him out and Roger cuffs them together and this is when the weasels show up and he's like I don't have a key for those cuffs then why do you have them you three year old <laughs> dinky I always hate people in movies when I do that they're always like you handcuff me but we don't have keys to those cuffs so what are you talking about don't all handcuffs open to the same handcuff key yes, yes but <laughs> Why do you have them if you don't have cuffs to them, <laughs> keys to them? Maybe he lost the keys and he never replaced them because he stopped taking cases where he might need cuffs. Handcuff keys are universal and there's a shitload of them. Okay. So if you ever get arrested, swallow but a he's key. Re- but he's got all these then- bills that he's not paying. He doesn't have time to go and buy new handcuff keys. The it's lady, a movie. You, you it doesn't, get the key out. <laughs> the reason he doesn't have, the key comes out, you're in a locked room. The reason he doesn't have the keys for these cuffs is so that we can have comedic gags. So the weasels show up. And um, they start Roger them. begs him. 
They're pointing guns and knives to and shit. These are real slime balls. Start some shit. Roger begs him to help him. There's Zach's no like justice for tunes anymore. If the weasels get me, I'm as good as dipped. Mm-hmm. So the weasels come to the door. And they knock, but nobody answers. So they use guns to shoot the lock off and break it. And while they and they come in and they start looking around and they find Eddie washing dishes at the sink. And they're like, what's in there? And he pulls out an old sock and he says, my lingerie. So he's washing laundry in the sink. And they're like, um, ugh, gross. <laughs> yep. So they search his place and they don't find the rabbit. And the head weasel threatens him that... Uh, if he's helping the rabbit, they're going to take him and his laundry out to dry. How haven't these tunes taken over? What do you mean? Why don't they just take over? You can't kill them. But they're tunes. Well, they're some, of them, some of them are mean as shit. The weasel guys are going to cut throats and shoot people and stuff. But they're stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're very, but they're very stupid. They're very, very stupid. I hope so. And they really just want to have fun and be silly. Yes. Even the weasels who are bad are terrible at it. <laughs> well, and if to they re-spoil, start... Judge Doom isn't stupid. That's true. Is he? And he's going to take over. Why don't you just take over anyway? What are they going to do? Arrest you? You slide through the bars or some shit? Turn into a pie or something? <laughs> All this dumb tune shit. Like, you're literally... These guys are literally immortal. What the fuck are they doing? Well, I think they can only do that stuff when it's funny. So if it's not funny, they can't do it. No, they can't die. Yes, but I think they can only do stuff like... You mean like escape and stuff? Yeah, I think they can only do if it's funny. Okay. Um, So... There are limitations. Eddie hides Roger in the sink, and the weasels eventually can't find anything, so they leave. And then Eddie gets Roger out of the sink. And then they go to the bar, because he's got to get the handcuffs off. So he puts his (laughs) overcoat on, and he hides Roger inside his overcoat, which hides him from no one. And every single patron at the bar saw him smuggling a cartoon rabbit in under his jacket. Because Roger won't stay put. No, because he knows he's he's hiding, but he won't. Boy, that was a just stay hidden because he can't. Hate it because he should have. But I hated that part. You're wrong for not like. No, the ending is cool. No, the ending sucked. Ending's really cool. The ending was terrible. And it was cool. No, it wasn't. Why wasn't it cool? Because it sucked. Well, what part sucked? <laughs> oh, well, they had this epic fight. And he cuts his fucking head off? Or part of his head off? I don't think oh, they're wow, talking about Raider. It was right? awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it completely ruins the fact that Raider didn't recognize him later on. Like, hey, remember that fight we had where he cut my helmet off? Don't worry about that. It was cool. No, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't cool, was it? What movie are you talking about? The, the Kenobi, Kenobi series. series. He they, hated it. I liked so the there's end a, of it. So there's a part in it where Obi-Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi takes baby Princess Leia, which well, she's not a baby, she's like a 10-year-old, and does the same shit. He does the shit. same thing, only she's not a but, rabbit this big. She's a, a, a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old girl. girl. <laughs> and, and it works, and you're just like, what? <laughs> like, oh, these are like the Like he walks through a, a fucking landing. A hangar bay hangar full bay of fucking. Full of people, and he's just like, do, 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 and I'm like. And nobody notices, like, oh, these are the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet. Well, maybe he's a lumpy alien. There's lots of aliens in the Star Wars universe. Maybe he was some kind of lumpy alien. Your sound is bad as those people. Well, Vader keeps letting him get away because he loves the chase. Fuck off. Vader keeps letting him get away because he's his brother. That's not his brother. They were brothers. No, no. Once you cut someone's legs off... You were my brother! (laughs) Once you cut someone's legs off and leave them on a a volcano planet to burn, we ain't cool no more. Vader isn't making quality decisions. <laughs> yeah. Once you cut my decisions. fucking legs off and leave me on a planet to burn to death, we ain't cool no more. All right. Look, I just have to say this one time. 
This is how Elaine feels about it. Everybody was complaining about how Anakin was like the whiniest kid on the planet. He's supposed to be. But that is pretty much how you would turn into so is, an evil genius. So is Kylo. Mm-hmm. They're school shooters. It's all right. But because they're evil. They're not yeah. supposed to be likable. Yeah, right? I, don't have, like they, I, didn't, I, I didn't have a problem. I have a problem, not to get into all this, but I, I yes, have a problem with the child Anakin. We didn't need to get into that. But I had, that took too long. But I had no problem with teen Anakin. He was a punk asshole, and he was arrogant because he was powerful. Yeah, okay. That all yeah. made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Made sense to me, too. The I only Star it. Wars trilogy that was thought out at all was the prequel series. And then the Jedi... Everything else was fly by night. The Jedi treated him like shit, so he was like, fuck y'all. And they're like, I can't believe you turned. Really? You treated him like shit. He told you said, hey, man, I have this girl I really love, Yoda, and I'm afraid she's going to die. Tough shit, that is. Oh, well, then fuck. I guess I'm just going to betray all of you and kill you all. We're going to put you on the council, but it you're is, not a master. It is, well, fuck me, yeah, too. Yeah, no shit. Uh, maybe Palpatine will help me. Guess what he does. It is, I mean, the only really horrible thing, the only thing that doesn't really make sense is when he kills all kills the young all children. That's a bit much. Well, because he, but, you know, he had snapped. But yes, he didn't kill them all. He but, left one to live who came back later to try to kill him. Well, he certainly yeah. didn't. He couldn't have killed them all even if he left. There, he's probably left more than one to live, All, even though the, that's what they tell us in the Kenobi series. But that is the only thing that really doesn't feel like it fits well. When he killed all Anyways, those kids? No, because yeah. he killed all those sand quick, people. It was a quick turn. Yeah, but sand people were monsters and evil. They did kill his mother. Like, <laughs> yeah. that makes Hopefully sense because he didn't did. see that race as a humanoid race. He just thought them. saw they were all evil monsters. And he snapped didn't his eyes up. He looked at him and like, had his eyes pop up. A monster maybe like, oh, is still a monster. Kill. They were animals, so he slaughtered them like animals. Yeah. Not, not the men, too. The women and the children. And the children. So he has a history of and killing children. And you want to know why? Because he just thought they were like cattle. Why haven't I done the prequels? Because they made all the money. Didn't they? I bet they're rated low. Well, why don't you look it up? Um, so I think they made all. Eddie the goes to the bar, <laughs> and Dolores is like, "Are you happy to see me, or is that just a rabbit in your coat?" And Eddie's like, "I need your help." So Dolores takes him into the secret back room of the bar because it used to be a, a speakeasy during Prohibition, so it has a secret room. And this and, would still be fresh because Prohibition was like last year in this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Eddie needs the tools to get out of the cuffs, and we see Eddie trying to saw through them and. He's with a hacksaw? Out, with a hacksaw on a wobbly <laughs> table. So Roger takes his hand out of the cuff so that he can hold the table still. And Eddie's like, you mean to tell me you could have taken your hand out at any time? And Roger's like, no, only when it was funny. Mm-hmm. And it is funny. Um, is it? Even though we've seen these gags a million times, it still is kind of funny. Um, and Eddie explains to Dolores and Roger that they didn't find the will and he think and he knows they didn't find the will because he was still looking for it he shows them the photo and he thinks he's got this theory that it was RK Maroon and that he wanted to get Toontown and he killed Marvin for Toontown so Dolores says that she will go to probate and and which it seems kind of funny that you could just go down to the probate office and see who's trying to buy some property the same day somebody died. Mm-hmm. Or, well, that was yesterday, mm-hmm. so technically it's the next day. And um, he, uh, you know, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go back to the office. Roger, you stay here and hide. Can't do Revenge of the Sith, but you can do the other two. Really? Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith, I just happen to have it up as well. 68%. Revenge of the Sith had a budget of $113 million and made $868 million. I like Revenge of the Sith. It turned a little bit of a problem. No matter how you argue it, that made its money back. Well, you the, can't the ratings. <laughs> that's what I was saying. No matter I'm how sure you argue with that. They all made their money back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But he so, made money back when he sold it for $5 billion. <laughs> Eddie and Dolores four. stupidly leave Roger alone in the bar. Lucasfilm sold to Disney for $4 yes. billion. Eddie goes back to his office and he finds Jessica Rapper. Um, he, he, went, Kennedy. he went to take a shower, I assume. Because she, Jessica Rabbit comes in his office and he's just wearing pants and a tie. Mm-hmm. John, do you put your tie on before your shirt? <laughs> Is this something that no. I've just not never seen before because oftentimes you get dressed and I'm asleep or already up? I don't think I have to answer that. Although I will say, watching the scene after laughing at the tie, I was like, this guy would have been a good Wolverine. Because <laughs> he's really short, stocky as fuck, and hairy as shit. I was like, this guy would have been a good Wolverine. And pretty agile. Yeah. Like I mean, later the scene with the dancing and the practice. If you were balls. trying to do accurate, you know. I hope the next Wolverine is like five foot three. I hope so, but we'll see. And jacked. Like a low moving wall? Yeah, like like Wolverine's supposed to be. And just fucking mean. I don't, Wolverine is not nice. I don't think that Ever. actors who are five foot three get a lot of work. They should. They should be fucking Wolverine. I don't think they do. I think that you kind of have to fit into a certain height range to make Although it as an actor. Although have you watched... Uh, Fast and the Furious 5 or whatever. like a funny side and, uh, character. There's a lot of scenes where The Rock and Vin Diesel are going to fight and they're like the same height. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Because The Rock is like a foot taller yeah. than Vin Diesel. But like the scene where The Rock goes to wherever they're racing to get mm-hmm. him. And he's like, you better fuck off to Reddit Wall. I'm going to do, 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 do. And they're like eye to eye, same height. And I'm like, I can't see your feet there, guys. What's going on? <laughs> How come you're, he's two feet taller than you? And uh, Because Vin Diesel was standing on a box. <laughs> yes. It's like, like with that's uh, Tom Cruise, too, because he's so Yeah, yeah he's short. The Tom Cruise and uh, Val Kilmer scenes. He, yeah. he was standing on a phone book. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... I um, am dangerous ice, man. Uh, Jessica tells Eddie that he was set up to take those pictures. Watch the color of money last night. That's that a Tom Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. R.K. Maroon threatened her and told her she had to pose for those pictures or Roger would never work again and he wanted the blackmail material on acne. And uh, Eddie and Jessica... Eddie, it looks like Jessica is trying to seduce him, but she's not really. I think I she just think does that with everybody. That's yeah, that's just how she talks. Like that's not how, bad. That's she's how she drawn was drawn. That way. Drawn, she so that's just the way she is. That yeah. is one of that was rated number seventy on the top one hundred movie quotes of some random list that people what? voted for. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm just drawn, drawn that way. way. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty famous movie quote. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. right up there. Um, but Dolores interrupts, and she is pissed because yeah. she caught Eddie with her pants down. With his. With his pants down around Literally. a sexy tune. Yeah, but can you? Apparently you can bang tunes. Yeah. You can play patty cake. Did you not hear Jessica's voice during the patty cake scene? It sounds like she was having an orgasm. <laughs> patty cake. Patty cake. Patty cake. Oh, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> And Roger Don't is ever say that again. all bent out of shape about the patty cake. Now, yeah. let me tell you that I have, as a child, that was something you did. Yeah. Marla? Like, you played patty cake and never after seeing Who Framed Roger Rabbit, though. That was the end of that. But it was like a game that little kids played. I wonder what the origin of that is. I wonder if that has something crazy like going around the rosy, which, you know, was because of the plague. It's very dark. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. That's because you died of the plague. (laughs) Six-year-old Elaine. Her London Bridge is falling down. All that stuff is pretty dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wonder if Patty Cake has a similar weird origin. But anyways, 
So Dolores is pissed, but Eddie chases after her. And she tells him, and he's like, I'm so, he's like, there wasn't anything happening. And she's like, yeah, right. I caught you with your pants down. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. And then she tells him, and he's like, I'm just about to crack this case wide open. And she's like, no, you're not. Because Maroon isn't off after Toontown. It's Cloverleaf. They had the number one bid. And they only have to wait until midnight. Or, And if they don't find the will, Cloverleaf will own Toontown. Midnight tonight. Like, that's awfully fast. Yeah, 48 hours after somebody died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but like that is not how I mean how long does a house sit in probate before somebody <laughs> Cloverleaf by the way is a company that has recently purchased the red car trolley line so interesting the plot thickens mm-hmm. then uh, their arguing, arguing stops because they hear something out in the street it's coming from the bar it's Roger they run into the bar and find that Roger is entertaining the patrons so it's not patty cake is not anything really bad. Uh huh. But they did change the line from um, you know patty cake patty cake that I will master. Mm. <laughs> they took that out because this was originally written in 1698. Wow. So it was just literally about patting a cake, and you would mark cakes as an identifiable mark, like a seamstress would or anybody else, to identify your cake as yours. Mm. Patty cake pack. Patty cake, baker's man, bake me a cake, cake as fast, fast as you can. can. Roll, Roll it, it knead it, mark it with a B, mm-hmm. put it in the oven for baby and me. That is the version I learned. Mine was always mark it with a T for Tony and me. Put it Because they do that. Mm-hmm. My great grandmother did it anyway. Mm-hmm. We always said B for baby and me. No. But that didn't come, the mark it with a B didn't come till much, much later. Interesting. <laughs> Those are the kind of really. And the last two lines are replaced with a child's name. Yeah. So there you go. We always said market with the bee. Put mm. it in the oven for baby and me. Maybe they didn't remember your name. I guess. <laughs> well, I was a middle child. We're That's often right. forgotten. <laughs> you know, Wes has the same problem that the middle child is my mother. Yeah? She's the middle child. Carly's too? I am. <laughs> I'm so the oldest, we rule. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest, we rule, actually. Mm-hmm. So then they run into the bar and Roger... You were the trial run. Yeah. (laughs) Roger has been singing and dancing for the bar patrons. And Eddie is angry. He grabs Roger by the ears and throws him back into the back room. And he says, you're supposed to be hiding. Mm -hmm. And he says that Angelo would sell you out for a nickel. And Roger's like, there's no way Angelo would sell me out. I made him laugh. And now he would do it. He's my friend. And Eddie's like, you are stupid. (laughs) Stupid fucking tune. But the tune is your own cover. You can call someone stupid. And a tune. Well, I guess the tune thing's not bad. Not yet. I mean, it's factual. Like if I said, John, you're stupid. You're a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> the man Did part. Did you just assume my gender? The man part would be factual. Did you just assume my gender? No, I didn't assume. You did? <laughs> I had She's like, I've done research. For a very long time. <laughs> decades of evidence of your preferred pronouns. <laughs> you don't know I might have changed them this morning. You didn't. Fluid. You would have told us. <laughs> my new pronouns are she and it. They are yeah. not. Because you're the shit? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just for a record, we're not drunk. 
<laughs> Speak for yourself, I kinda so? wish you were. <laughs> <laughs> so the judge shows up because the weasels had been staking out Eddie's apartment and they saw Eddie and Dolores run into the bar. The judge shows up. He offers, he changes the special of the day from French oh on, from worst, onion dip to worst just moment dip. in the movie. Nails on chocolate. Oh, oh yeah. I had to cover my ears. Ugh. He changes like $500 or something. He changes the special to just dip and he offers a $500 reward for Roger Rabbit. That's a lot. Of and money. Angelo says he's seen a rabbit right it's here like in this grand. bar. And uh, Eddie is like, see, I told it's you. It's like a crap load. And Roger's mm-hmm. like, no, no, he wouldn't. But then Angelo says, say hello, Harvey, and makes believe as if there's an invisible rabbit. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that movie. And Roger is like, see, I told you. But the judge spots the record player that Eddie turned off, and they are playing the record Merry-Go-Round Broke Down. And judge says that's an awful zany record for this collection of drunks and reprobates. And he says he's here. And he, like, the weasels it. Yeah. <laughs> and the weasels are like, Do you want us to, you know, break up the place? And he's like, No, he'll come to me. No tune can resist shaving a haircut. And he starts doing the old shaving a haircut. Two, Two bits. bits. <laughs> and he just keeps doing it. And Eddie's like, This is bananas, what the hell? But he looks back and Roger is like freaking out. He cannot <laughs> handle it. Practically having a seizure. And the judge does shave and a haircut. And Roger again breaks through the wall and yells, Two bits! Because apparently a tune cannot resist shaving a haircut. You will die. Yeah. You would think the weasels would be doing the two. Yeah. The weasels are weird because obviously they're dumb. Uh-huh. And they're just hired. And they're evil tunes. Yes. But like... The this that dip die. that they're carting around could kill them. And the dude says he wants to demolish Toontown. Like, the weasels are not also, working for their best interests. And the weasels can die. No other yeah, toons can yeah. die. What is with this laugh till you die shit? Well, he says, do you want... At one point he says, do you want to go out like your stupid cousins, the hyenas? Well, so... Is that just a weasel thing or is that any tune? I think it's just, like, the evil, the the evil cartoons could laugh so hard until they die. But then there's that Maybe thing about real. like a comedian really killing it and slaying the audience. So I think it's just kind of like a play on it's one that. of those you can get out of handcuffs cuz it's funny so you can die laughing because yeah. it's funny. Okay. And mm-hmm. they're going to shave it to face. Mm. Um for two bits. Like so this. the judge calls for the dip. He's going to dispense some justice. So that's He's what now dip has is. Roger in custody. So, as he pulls out the giant tub of dip, which seems like it'd be hard to get into that bar because mm-hmm. they had to go up quite a bit of stairs. How the weasels got that barrel of dip up there, we won't know. Uh, Eddie gets an idea and asks Dolores to pour him a bourbon, make it a double. And she's like, this is not the time for a drink, Eddie. I know you're a raging alcoholic, but mm-hmm. could you, there's, you know. And Eddie, but he's like, just do it. So, um... Eddie asks the judge if a dying man can have a last drink. And he says, well, I guess. And then Eddie says to Roger, have a drink. And Roger's like, I don't want it. And Eddie's like, you do. And Roger's like, I don't. And Eddie's like, you do. And Roger says, I don't. And then he does that funny thing. He says, you don't. And Roger says, I do. You don't. I do. (laughs) 
and they drink. So this is a Roger thing, not a tune thing. I think that's a tune thing, though. No, like, the, you've seen the, the drink. The drink, yes. No. I think that's but just that a Roger reverse thing. psychology. Yeah, thing. the that, reverse psychology yeah. tune thing. That's a but tune. I was like, but is that a thing? Drinking thing seems to be yeah, a Bugs Roger. Thing. Thing. But Roger yeah. drinks the double bourbon. He throws it back, and then he has his crazy, insane Roger moment. There's a funny bit here where Eddie goes to duck behind the bar and Dolores is still standing there, so he grabs her by the front yeah, of her dress. Yeah. Yeah. You grab what you can grab, okay? It was really kind of a... I don't know why, but that stuck out in my mind. I always thought that was a funny bit. And pulls her down because Roger starts to scream at the end and it breaks all the bottles of liquor. And then Eddie grabs Roger and they escape. And they go... Eddie doesn't have a car because he's a poor detective. So, but they see the and weasels. Alcoholic, so it's probably safe. <laughs> True. <laughs> but they see the weasels cop the weasel patrol car, and they go to steal it. But they don't have keys. And then, as they're in the car, Roger hears a voice from the back in the lockup part, um, cussing out the weasels or cartoonish, cussing out the weasels. And he opens the door and is like, "Benny, is that you?" And then he tells Eddie to open the back, and out the back comes a cartoon taxi cab. And he helps Eddie and Roger escape. So I guess they were going to kill this taxi cab, but what did he do? Mm. Well, he was driving on the sidewalk. So that's death? Judge Doom's Apparently fucking... Apparently Judge Doom, he's like, you make one infraction, you did. Well, he hates you Dooms. And you, he, he hates himself. is the judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, yeah. it's like Judge Dredd. <laughs> he's an evil tomb. He's I am the law. Not as cool, though. No. Um. So... There is a car chase, but eventually Benny helps Eddie and Roger escape, and he takes them to a safe place to hide, which is a theater. And they are playing a goofy cartoon, which I have seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the animators picked this because they thought it was the zaniest cartoon in the Disney Vault, <laughs> which it is goofy doing an exercise routine. All of a sudden, I'm very sniffly, which happens every time I drink wine, and I don't know why. <laughs> Doesn't happen to Carly. I know. Yeah. It's really weird. Sometimes I get heartburn, but that's it. But Roger tries mm-hmm. to make Eddie laugh, and Eddie is pissed off that Roger is not being quiet and hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like, look, I cannot help it. <laughs> but Eddie ends up telling Roger about his why he hates tunes. And about how his brother died. They were investigating the robbery of the first National Bank of Toontown. And some toon stole a hundred billion simoleons. What is that, like six bucks? <laughs> Three crap loads. And, um, and tells him how this toon dropped a piano on his head. And how they never caught, caught him. But Eddie will never forget his red beady eyes and his high-pitched voice. Dolores comes by. She's got all of Eddie's stuff ready for him he apologizes for all the trouble at the bar and um they have a moment a shared moment because eddie and dolores love each other even though eddie is a piece of shit (laughs) and dolores deserves better firm stance um he tells her that yeah (laughs) he agrees and they go to kiss and roger is like oh to be fair eddie had a his brother died his brother was murdered by a tomb and he fell to drinking he's, he's he seemed a, like a decent guy before as far as stories we've go. all had yeah. that happen your brother dies you start drinking because of tombs I know which is why Dolores puts up with this shit because she understands she's that he empathetic 
you know, he lost his brother. He went through a hard time. She's not going to stop loving him just because he's being a douchebag. But she does kind of hope that he dies. Gets over it. But gets better. <laughs> but she's going to help them run. So she had gotten all their stuff because Eddie and Roger are going on the run. And as they are leaving the theater, a newsreel is playing. And they play a clip of R.K. Maroon and Cloverleaf signing a real estate deal. And Eddie figures out what's really going on. So he then, he, so now they're not going to run. He calls a meeting with R.K. Maroon, tells him that he's got Acme's last will and testament. So they go to the studio, Eddie and Roger. And I think they borrowed Dolores' car. Because Eddie all of a sudden has a car. He didn't have a car previously. So that's got to be Dolores' car. Mm-hmm. Which he then ruins later. Fucking, I mean, he really owes her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go to the studio and Eddie tells Roger to watch his back while he goes up to talk to Maroon. When he goes upstairs, uh, Jessica comes, knocks Roger out by hitting him in the head with a frying pan and throws him in the trunk of her car. So Eddie starts to interrogate Maroon, and he thinks that Maroon has had Acme killed so that he can have, uh, so that him and Cloverleaf can do this real estate deal. And Maroon tells him that they he wanted to sell his studio to Cloverleaf, but Cloverleaf would only sell if they could buy Toontown as well. So we, tr- so he staged the photos with Jessica to try to blackmail Acme into selling. But then Maroon says that he didn't he didn't kill Acme and he didn't want the tunes to be hurt. And that's why he's looking for the will. And if they don't find the will by midnight, everything's over. And Eddie's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I can't tell you anymore. They'll kill me. And Eddie's like, I'll kill you, which is the same thing always. Motherfucker, I'll kill you. But then um, he gets killed. But then as he starts to tell Eddie about what's going to happen at moon at midnight when Cloverleaf gets Toontown, but then he's murdered. So Eddie goes to the window to see who murdered him, and he sees Jessica Rabbit running through the alley. So Eddie thinks that Jessica has murdered Maroon. Well, someone just shot someone right in front of him. So he runs downstairs and sees a car peel out, and he jumps in his car, and he follows it. So he follows his car, and they drive into the tunnel to Toontown, and he stops his car because he's like, I can't go in there. I hate Toontown. (laughs) So we see him. He has this moment. He had pulled out his gun. He looks like he's ready to, you know, like he pulls out his gun like he's going to shoot the car, but comes back. But the car's not coming back. And then we see that he makes this decision where he's going to go into Toontown. So then he throws his real gun into the car on the passenger seat, which is not how you care for a gun properly. (laughs) And he pulls out this box and he opens the box and inside is a gun gifted to him by Yosemite Sam it is a cartoon gun and it has cartoon cowboy bullets and they give they give Eddie a hard time we haven't seen you in uh, five years where have you been and Eddie says drunk which is really funny and (laughs) true true I like that he is accepts the fact that he's become a drunk and uh, he says, you guys ready for some action? And they say yes. He doesn't hide it, <laughs> to be fair. So then he pulls out his flask. He has a holster with a bottle of whiskey. I mean, Well, the, the bullets jump into the gun. And he pulls out his wild turkey out of his holster because he's got the gun in his holster, I guess. And he goes to take a drink, and then he pours it out because he's sobering up now. Shit's serious. Mm-hmm. And then he throws the bottle in the air and he fires a bullet at it. And it is a Native American brave who uses a tomahawk 
to smash the bottle, and he's ready to go. He gets in the car and drives into Toontown. And Tony's over here fucking laughing. Did you get no, those uh, I was expecting or? it to be cut from the from Disney. Nah. They did cut the with the crash scene where Jessica Rabbit gets thrown and her legs open. Really? Yeah. Apparently, in some cuts, you could see. Yes. See what? People think bits. they could see her lady bits, but her. they couldn't see her lady bits because she's a cartoon and didn't have lady bits. She's yeah, smooth well, like a Barbie. That's not no, she has lady bits because they're banging. Yeah. They're um, playing patty cake. They're playing patty cake. <laughs> is that what they do for sex? Don't we know. don't know. They're so is baby, baby uh, look, Martin look, or whatever the fuck his name look, is playing patty cake with that Martin lady? Baby Martin does not have the same rules as Herman. Roger, whatever his name is. He drinks. He does not have the reaction that Roger does. Well, that's, that's a true. Roger. Thing. Anyway, but when the car crashes, Jess Grab gets thrown. She, her legs are open, and you can see her girl bits. Why would you draw that? Because it's a I cartoon. Don't... Why do they put weird shit in cartoons all the time? I don't think they did draw that. Draw that. I don't, I don't know. We, when I was seen. young, a young, and we paused it, but this was on VHS. You, you paused it because you, you wanted to pause it in the VHS, and you want to see it. So you're like, there, I can see it. But can you really? It's fucking. It's a cartoon. It's kind of dark. You really. I'm it's one of the like when I was trying to figure out how long this movie was in theaters, I did come across weird things and I did see that, and it said you couldn't see it in theaters or on VHS. But when we started using better resolution things, you know, like you could see something, you which, could see something, yeah. Which I'm sure it was not lady parts. I'm sure they just it. put like <laughs> it it's was probably line. just where her legs <laughs> right, met. Right. There was a line, and then people. You decided, don't have to convince me. I'm just saying it's it's ridiculous. weird. It, is it has weird. been removed, and now her dress covers her. Okay. Yeah, that whole As it, well, it doesn't throw. I don't remember. I looked for it, and her too. legs didn't get thrown. Like Unless she didn't have sex with Marvin Acme. She played patty cake. Which um, makes sense. It's on Disney. I'm like, oh, this is a controversial scene. So Eddie drives into Toontown. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He ends up in an accident because he's distracted by some birds, and um, he gets out of his car because he ends up. He goes in in the country, and then all of a sudden it's in the town because it's Toontown. Yeah. And uh, he looks around. He sees Jessica's car, and then he sees her silhouette in an apartment building. So he goes into the building, takes the elevator up who um, is, the elevator attendant is... Um, droopy. Droopy dog. The dog. What floor, please? And he goes up, and he goes to the end of the hall. He gets on the floor. He goes to the end of the hall. He looks through the peephole. He sees Jessica silhouette. He opens the door, but it is not Jessica Rabbit. It's Nina Hyena. A man. And she is crazy, so she goes... Hi. Y'all crazy bitch, but she wants to play patty cake real bad. She reminds me of the lady gremlin in Gremlins 2. <laughs> and she runs after him, chases after him. He tries to hide in a men's room, but that men's room is out of order, and he falls, there's no floor, he falls up off the building. As he's falling, he gr- grabs a flagpole on his way down, but Tweety Bird is there, and Tweety <laughs> plays this little piggy, and slowly but surely pecks his fingers off. He runs out of piggies. Mm-hmm. So then again, Eddie is falling, and he Can't falls to Mickey and Bugs Bunny, who are parachuting, and he asks them if they have a spare, and Mickey's like, Bugs does, and Bugs is like, but you don't want it, and he says, yes, I do, and he goes, all right, so Mickey pulls a shoot, and Bugs pulls a shoot, and then Eddie pulls the shoot on the spare, but it's not a spare parachute, it's a spare tire, which everybody saw that coming, <laughs> unless you were six. 
And uh, but he ends up hitting the concrete, but he's fine because it's Toontown. He doesn't sit. hit the concrete. Sit for a neck the girl breaker. catches him. Oh, that's right, she catches him. Mm-hmm. And then he runs away, and she chases him. But you he, want something like this? <laughs> See you in hell, Johnny. But he he that runs you, away Alphonse. from her, and he grabs the center line of the road and rips it and turns it into the wall so that she runs into the wall. And he goes tunes, gets him every time. This is something that I've seen happen to Wiley e. Coyote many oh, okay. times. <laughs> Someone you knew. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Shout to Wiley e. Coyote. Let's have a friend of ours. No, was... <laughs> so after he takes care of Nina Hyena, he hears something. He goes down a dark alley. He sees Jessica with a gun. She points it at him and, he, and then says, look out, and shoots someone behind him. And it's Judge Doom. And, uh... He says, drop it to her as she comes closer. And she's like, I just saved your life and you still don't trust me. And she right. tells him that it was, she shows him the gun on the ground and says, that's the same gun that killed R.K. Maroon. And um, it was fired by the judge. She tells him that it was the judge the whole time. And he's like, you're crazy. But then we see the judge and he laughing shouts that they're never going to catch him. And he's like, okay, I guess away. you're right. <laughs> Jessica tells, um, Eddie, that Marvin confided in her that the judge was trying to get his hands on Toontown and gave her the will for safekeeping the night of patty cake. But when she went to go back for it, it was just a blank piece of paper. And Eddie's like, he's a joker to the end. But they go to get in the car to chase after the judge. We see the weasels coming, and uh, but her car is ruined because she also got into a traffic accident. So they go to take Eddie's car, but Roger has stolen it because he is busted out of her trunk. And he's like, Roger? And she's like, yeah, I hit him on the head with a frying pan and keep him, threw him in my trunk to keep him safe. But he obviously has broken out. But so then she goes, come on, we'll go down Gingerbread Lane. And he goes, no, it's this way and points out with his thumb. And that makes Benny the taxi cab show up. So they jump into Benny and they chase after the judge. So as they leave Toontown and they come out of that tunnel, we see Judge Doom on the side of the road and he knocks over a big thing of dip, which throws dip all over the road, which Benny drives through, but it hurts him. Melts his tires. Melts his tires. So then they get, he runs into a lamp, he crashes into a light pole. And the judge and the weasels take Jessica and Eddie into custody and they're going to... um, go to Acme's warehouse. So then we see, so they go off. So then Roger comes out of the Toontown tunnel and spots an injured Benny, and Benny tells Roger that Eddie and Jessica were captured and have been taken to the Acme warehouse. So then Roger says, get in, and then Benny gets in and he says, I'll drive, and he pushes Roger over, so then Benny the car is driving the car. So then we're at the Acme factory, and we see that Judge Doom is having the weasels break through the back wall of the factory into Toontown. Um, he confesses, he tells them that he is ready to retire, and that as the sole owner of, Clo- stockholder of Cloverleaf, he will soon own Toontown as well. Um, he has something under a tarp, and he pulls out the silver tray, puts the tray on the ground, turns on a faucet a bunch of green stuff comes out and he goes do you know what this is and then jessica goes oh my god it's deep that was not a bad impression (laughs) um he reveals that he has this giant vehicle of his own creation that is filled of 
5,000 gallons of heated dip um, and affixed with a pressurized water cannon that is enough dip to destroy all of Toontown. This scene really reminded me of Back to the Future. <laughs> Just when he's describing the car and all the, <laughs> the bells and whistles. Yeah. Sorry, this model isn't built to scale. And this is, so shine. this is when he tells them of his master plan that he had come across a city council meeting, uh, notes from a city council meeting, where they had this plan to uh, build this giant freeway. And yeah, like, what's a freeway? Eight lanes of shimmering cement stretching from here to Pasadena. So he's going to demolish Toontown and then build this freeway. And then this is his master plan. And uh, Eddie is like, nobody is going to use this freeway or buy cars when they can take the red car for a nickel. And then Doom tells him that the reason he bought the red car is so that he can dismantle it. So that they're forced to buy cars and they have to travel by his freeway. And um, is a very stupid convoluted plan. <laughs> but the funniest thing about this whole stupid convoluted plan is this is kind of how L.A. is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those cities where you have to own a car if you want to go anywhere. Like one of those big things in American culture is that if you live in New York City, you don't need a car because you can get everywhere by public transportation. But if you live in LA, you definitely need a car because there's no public transportation and you have the ex you have to get everywhere by taking the expressway. So just as they're about to get, you know, so his master plan has been revealed and then all this, and then we see Roger has arrived at the outside of the building. He sends Benny off to get the cops and then he goes to break in but he can't get in because the will the window he's trying to get into locks and then of course he pushes on the top and it flips and he falls in and then falls into the toilet and gets flushed. <laughs> so then right as Doom is giving this massive speech, the flushed Roger comes along shooting out of a grate on the floor, knocking one of the weasels up into the ceiling. The weasel lands on a cargo net full of a ton of bricks. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just there for no reason. I mean, there's a lot of shit in this room that's there for no reason. Roger lands <laughs> on the ground, pulls Eddie's real gun on Judge Doom, and is, tells all the weasels to back off or the judge gets it. So uh, he is gonna here to save the day. And Jessica's like, oh, Roger, my hero. And he's like, I would love to talk to you right now. But I have got to save, but I've got to save the day. It's very, it's kind of a funny scene. And then just as he is pontificating about how awesome he is, the weasel drops a ton of bricks on him. And this causes Roger to see stars. And he says, look, stars, Raul, I'm ready. <laughs> but so then Roger and Jessica are tied up with the tune-proof rope and put on a hook between the giant dip machine and the wall. So the weasels fire up the dip pressure cannon and they are going to kill Jessica and Roger and make Eddie watch. The judge tells Eddie that it's all over. He's won. But then he slips on some fake eyeballs that have been spilt. <laughs> and the weasels start to laugh. And the judge yells at the weasels and he tells them that they're going to laugh themselves to death just like their cousins the hyenas. And then he leaves <laughs> and Eddie gets an idea. And he turns on, there's like this one-man band carousel thing happening. And Eddie turns on, the merry-go-round broke down. And he does a song and dance featuring tumbling and pratfalls to make the weasels laugh. 
And as they start to laugh... It is involuntary. They die because he's slaying them. He's killing them. They laugh themselves to death. Except for the one that he punts into the dip. The dip, yes. But as they die... He legit killed that. They turn... uh, So as the weasels are dying, the one that was driving the dip machine accidentally pushes a lever so that it is moving forward now. And then the one that was operating the dip cannon... When he dies, his body hits a lever so that the dip cannon swings all the way to the right, so away from Jessica and Roger, because it almost hit them with dip. But then as his angel weasel is rising up to heaven, question mark, you think evil weasel (laughs) cartoons would be taken to hell, even in a cartoon, his angel form switches the lever so that the spray of dip starts to move back towards Roger and Jessica. So, um... Let me see. So then, Ed, so they yell for Eddie. So Eddie goes and he turns off the spray. But then Judge Doom zip lines in and there is a fight. With a sword. With a sword. The judge's cane is a sword cane, which is awesome. <laughs> if I ever have a cane, it's going to be a sword cane. Yeah. I want to start carrying a sword cane just because. Yeah. So do it. Be a lot cooler, but then I'm gonna leave it somewhere. That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna put it down and then leave. Like fuck. Yeah, because you can't leave a sword cane. You can yeah. leave a cane. Yeah. You really fuck up by another cane. You leave a sword cane. You just gave someone a weapon. <laughs> Some little kid's gonna find it and swing it around and fucking. Now grandma's dead. Sometimes people leave canes inside carts at work, and you're like, "How'd you get back in your car with that cane?" <laughs> <laughs> Is it a sword cane? Also, the carts are not walkers. You should not rely on them for your stability. I'm sorry, nine-year-old grandpa. Mm-hmm. You should know better. Uh, so then they have a fight, and Ed, first they fight with swords, but Eddie's sword is a singing sword and not a useful sword. And then he tries to steal Judge Doom's Sing sword with a awesome. giant magnet, but Judge <laughs> has roller skates on his shoes. So then he just starts coming towards Eddie, and then the magnet ends up backfiring and pulls a barrel of an empty barrel of dip over, and then Eddie gets stuck to the barrel. So then the judge comes out with a steamroller, which he has on hand for when he builds his we freeway. We also see the judge step away from the dip. Yes. Mm-hmm. To get on, not to get it on. Well, nobody wants it on them. Uh, so Eddie is stuck to this barrel and we see the judge comes out with a steamroller and he is going to kill Eddie via steamroller, which is something only a tune would do. But Eddie manages to grab one of the portable holes at the last second and escapes. He then climbs up the steamroller to attack the judge, but the judge pushes him and Eddie falls in on the floor and then sees a giant thing of glue and he attacks the judge with the glue. The glue. The judge punches the glue and then punches the steamroller. And now the judge is stuck to the steamroller. So the judge gets glued to the steamroller and the steamroller squishes Eddie. And then Eddie goes and saves Roger and Jessica again from the stream of dip. But as the steamroller moves... Like, they look away as the judge is getting smushed, as you fucking would. Mm -hmm. But then, after the steamroller moves, Roger says, Eddie, look. And we see that the judge is not a person, but a tune. Because the super thin, squished judge stands up. Then uses some nearby helium to inflate himself, which (laughs) is crazy. 
And uh, as he does that, his eyeballs pop out, revealing crazy red eyes. And then he starts to talk in a high-pitched voice and reveals himself to be the tune that murdered Eddie's brother. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So the judge has a tune hand with a giant anvil on it, and he punches Eddie across the warehouse. Then he goes back to the machine and turns it on so that it can kill Eddie or Roger and Jessica. And he turns his tune hand into a saw blade, and he goes to saw bl- to saw Eddie in half. But Eddie grabs a giant hammer with a it's a, like a giant mallet, and in it's a trick mallet, and inside is a giant punching bag. And he fires it at the judge who moves his face, but the punching glove hits a release valve on the dip machine, which causes the dip machine to empty and pour all of its dip onto the floor, which was just in the nick of time because it lowers the pressure and now the dip is no longer shooting out the pressurized gun, which was about to melt Roger and Jessica, Mm. but now there's not enough dip left in the tank to give it any water pressure and that stream stops. Now, the dip, 5,000 gallons of dip is released upon this warehouse floor, which then gets the judge, who is attuned, and he starts to melt. I'm melting. Melting. Which is why I say it work, because it's fucking hot as shit in there. <laughs> uh, so, they watch the judge disintegrate, and then Roger and Jessica call for Eddie, because the dip machine is still moving towards them, though, and is about to hit them. Which I don't like think it the would. The vehicle has been on yes. and nobody's been pushing the brake. So it's just yep. been very slowly. <laughs> yeah, at like two miles an hour inching across this floor. And I don't think this actually could have hurt Roger and Jessica because there's no more dip in that tank, but who knows. But so Eddie runs not over. Been down into the dip. I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. So Eddie runs over and moves the hook to the right. And then the dip machine keeps going forward, breaks through the wall, and ends up in Toontown where it's hit by a train and carried off into God knows where. Thank God there's no more dip in it. Yeah. Uh, Roger and Je- Roger says, how are we going to get down? There's dip everywhere. And Eddie turns on the very conveniently placed fire hydrants inside the warehouse <laughs> and uses the water to wash all the dip down the drains. And then he gets Roger and Jessica down. There's a lot Jessica of fire hydrants one little room. Yeah. yeah. There's like six. It's weird. <laughs> it's a lot of toxic chemicals being brought into the ground. Yes, also true. So then Benny arrives with the cops, and the cops break in, and the case is wrapped up nice and neat because Judge Doom is a tune, and he has done all the murders, and he is now dead. The tunes arrive through the hole in the wall, and they argue about who Judge Doom was. He definitely could have been a mouse or a rabbit or a woodpecker. Or a pussy. And then they talk about, and then Baby Herman says it doesn't matter because where the hell's Acme's will? And then um, Eddie notices that there's all of a sudden an ink stain on his shirt. And he says, how did that get there? Or Dolores notices it because she's been hanging out with the lieutenant. And, um, you know, when they rounded up the cops, they also got the waitress, the Mm -hmm. former waitress. Or she's banging the lieutenant. Ooh. Not Dolores. She's a quality dame. Mm -hmm. Well, that checks out. She did embezzle all that money. But other than that, she's a quality dame. Yeah, she's not going to embezzle $100 in 1946 for Eddie Valiant if she's banging that lieutenant. That's true. Maybe she'd embezzle that <laughs> money because she's banging the lieutenant and get away with it. Nope. She'd just break up with Eddie and go move in with the lieutenant. Maybe the lieutenant's married. She's a quality dame. 
Um, she was known as his piece but on the side. Roger says that was Acme's disappear and reappear in ink, and that makes Eddie think again, aha. And he tells Roger maybe it's Where's time to read Jessica that poem he wrote her, and he pulls out the piece of paper that he wrote the poem on, and it turns out that this is the will of Marvin Acme because he wrote it in disappearing, reappearing ink. And now and the will states that he has left Toontown to those lovable characters, the Toons. It's not midnight. It is then the super happy ending, and that's all, folks. The end. I will go first. <laughs> <laughs> it is her birthday. Wait, where's my phone? She does have the TR. I have no idea. No, oh, because <laughs> my favorite line is on my phone. Mm-hmm. I need it. All right. Mine is too, and I hope you didn't steal my favorite line. All right. Maybe. So, my favorite character is Eddie. My least favorite character is Judge Doom, although he's great. But he's a terrible person. My favorite scene, it was very hard for me, but I am going to go with the shaving the haircut bits at the bar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, My favorite line is Judge Doom. Eight lanes of shimmering cement running from here to Pasadena. Smooth, safe, fast. Traffic jams will be a thing of the past. (laughs) Eddie says, so that's why you killed Acme Maroon for this freeway? I don't get it. And Judge Doom says, of course not. You lack vision. But I see a place where people get on and off the freeway. On and off. Off and on. All day. All night. Soon where Toontown once stood will be a string of gas stations, inexpensive motels, restaurants that serve rapidly prepared food, tire salons, automobile dealerships, and wonderful, wonderful billboards reaching as far as the eye can see. My God, it's beautiful. Which is so... And the Twin Pines Mall. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. And how the United States works. So it just cracked me up. I've always loved that part. Uh, my favorite tertiary... This is someone's actual vision. That's why we have it now. I know. That's what makes it so great. My favorite tertiary object is Jessica Rabbit's dress during the scene at the Ink and Paint Club. Because it's a cartoon dress, and yet it's shimmery. Mm-hmm. It looks like actual sequins. And it is the coolest animation ever of all time. my favorite tertiary object. I really mm-hmm. liked it, and I've always liked it, and I've always wondered how they did it okay. to make it look like that. Um, this is a good, great movie, and I think that it still holds up even after all this time. Elaine gives it the highest of yays. The highest, highest of yays. Of yays. Mm-hmm. You'd watch that right now? I'd watch that again. I actually watched it twice. I watched it this morning to do my notes, and then an hour later, after I finished, when John watched it, I opened the beauty room door while I painted my nails to watch it again. Them doobie fox. But she would watch it again right now. I would watch That's it again. It's, mm-hmm. it's very entertaining, and I like it. All right. Um, Tony. Oh. My favorite character is Foghorn Leghorn. He's in it for five <laughs> seconds. And I love Foghorn Leghorn. And so I picked Foghorn Leghorn. Excellent. My least favorite character is the judge and the weasels, although the judge is awesome. Mm-hmm. He's the bad guy. My favorite scene is shave and haircut. Yeah. My favorite line is, I have two. Uh-huh. One is say hello to Harvey, because I used to love that movie when I was a little kid. Uh-huh. And uh, when, what's the main guy's name? Eddie. Eddie is singing, and he says, da 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 da, he's rhyming stuff, and he goes, then I'll kick you in the nose, and the one weasel goes, nose? Nose don't rhyme with with, uh, walls or whatever like that, and he just kicks him in the balls. He's like, no, but this does. Yeah. And my third tertiary object is the tune gun with the tune bullets. It is pretty cool. I thought it was cool. I will maybay this movie. It's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but I didn't 
Love it. That sounds like a yay, but okay, John. <laughs> okay, my favorite character is going to be uh, Eddie. Uh-huh. My least favorite character is the weasels because they're a stereotype. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite uh, tertiary object is the booby trap. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the booby trap. When the weasels when first when they sexually assault Jessica Rabbit and there's a bear trap in there, the booby trap. That's mm-hmm. my favorite tertiary object. Nice booby trap. <laughs> um, my favorite scene. I was was gonna be the Eddie singing thing, but you stole it. No, I didn't. No, he I just went took with shaving line. a haircut like me. Oh no, then I'll use the Eddie dancing and jumping around like an idiot. Uh-huh. <laughs> but my favorite line, I'm actually gonna do the line instead. Of, oh shit! Uh-huh. Instead of, uh, you know, it's I'm through with taking falls and bouncing off of walls. Without that gun, I'd have some fun and kick you in the nose. Nose, nose don't rhyme with, with walls. walls. But, no, but this does. Bam. That's my favorite line because me and my cousins would say that to each other. Yeah, we would say that to each other too. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Because little boys are mean to each other. (laughs) That would be facts. And you give this movie a... Oh, I'll give it a yay because me and my cousins try to kick each other in the nuts when we watch them. All right. I don't... And it's also my cousin uh, who I did this with, my cousin Jason's birthday. So happy birthday, Jason. Hope somebody doesn't kick you in the balls. Always. Always hope that for Jason and everybody I know, unless you deserve it. Unless you try to grab someone's booby trap. Well, then you kind of deserve it. <laughs> Carly? All right. My favorite character was Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> My least favorite character was Marvin Acme. Uh huh. Because he was not a tune, but he put the entire land of the tunes in jeopardy because he. Because of a joke. Like, you don't write your will and disappear and reappear. You just don't do it. Especially in a world where 48 hours after you die, the whole thing could be demolished. That's that's an excellent point. Like, really? What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? This is the one time when you need to be serious. It's a gasser. True. It's a pisser. He's not a tune. He has no excuse. He owns this company. Okay. So, obviously, he is capable of being a businessman. So that bothered me. My favorite scene was the reveal of Toon Doom and his death. Up until his death. My favorite tertiary object was the booby trap. <laughs> it's a good and, one, right? And my favorite line was, you mean you could have taken your hand out of that cuff at any time? No, not at any time. Only when it was funny. And I'll give the light yay. A light yay. I kind of feel about it the way Tony does. I wouldn't leave the room if he turned it on, but I'm probably not going to seek it out. <laughs> I feel like you can't... This movie works because it's a comedy in addition to being a film noir. And it it just has a very good blend of serious and silliness. If it, I think if it, was too mu- if it was too much more of either, it wouldn't work. If it was but too it just, silly, more silly, it wouldn't. It'd be annoying. And if it was more noir, it wouldn't be funny. It hits a sweet spot, for sure. which is hard with blends. Mm. All right. Well, happy birthday, Elaine. Thanks. Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, or you can email Elaine happy birthday wishes at unmoviepodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Excellent. Tune in next week on the podcast. For John's pick for Elaine's birthday. What'd you pick? What'd you give me? What'd you give me? Was it good? Do I like it? It is 1990s. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in the Half Shell? Turtle Power. Is this for me or for you? For you, it's science fiction fantasy. U-R-T-L-E power. On the half shell, the heroes four. This day and age, you can ask for more. Never mind. Wow. I love you. I love you.